All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast Soccer Edition. I am Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby. Um, I am joined, as always, of course, by Hal, a.k.a. Hal Bridius. And today, we have a special guest. It's Paul! You gotta love when the mic dies because he's yelling my name too loudly. But special is in I ride a smaller bus than most people. I think that's how I classify my special title. <laughs> but I'm happy to be back. <laughs> I really DC, hope that did DC bus lines have really short uh, I ride the metro, sir. I don't know this bus of which you speak. I, I, oh, I, oh, I ride, I ride really long buses. buses that go underground. So, okay. Um, All right. This episode is presented by our uh, founding sponsor, Cheez It. <laughs> Shout out to Cheez It for getting Park some free MLS yeah, gear. Yeah, we somehow. won't discuss that. I don't want people knowing about that just yet. Uh, if you, if you, if you want the, if you want the free MLS gear hookup, hit me on Instagram. At Parks on the Board. <laughs> Parks on the Board. And our, uh, and our long story short, our founding sponsor Heineken, uh, <laughs> specifically on this 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 great day of which we talk about the UEFA Champions League and all of its goodness. Um, we do have to shout back to one of the best beer sponsors of all time and all of their great commercials. So shout out to Heineken. Some of us I really love their F one commercials because we're not we're not special like that. Some of us are drinking cacti because they paid us yeah. to drink cacti. That's probably the closest thing we've actually had. They paid who? The sponsor is is the fact that yeah, I don't know, some weird Instagram ad agency paid uh, paid Chris here to uh, to drink slash buy slash advertise for cacti. So closest actual thing we have sixty dollars to drink some drink some hard cider. I was down for it. All right, Jake, get us back on track. What are we doing today? Okay, so we're gonna talk Champions League today. And that's why we have Parks here, because it's another Huzzah. soccer pod. We're going to talk about some of the greatest matches of all time, specifically some of the greatest finals of all time. And then we're going to draft, not draft, draft is the wrong word. We're going to come to a consensus on the best 11 of all time in the Champions League, Champions League specifically. And then we'll wrap up with some thoughts on, uh, is it next Tuesday's matchup? I can't remember if they do the thing where they give them like two weeks to prep. Yeah, so the the actual finals on the 29th of May. So we got to wait. Yeah, so we, have, we have a few few weeks to go. We also have the Europa League final coming up. Um, and no, we don't. Not not talking about that. <laughs> don't know the what Europa, you're about. Europa League didn't happen this year. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they canceled that, don't you? Think? Don't yeah, you yeah. Uh, where where have you been? <laughs> I got the mute earlier for one of the yeah, cars that no. went by. They're, they're, got the we we live by. on a busy street, so I'm trying to mute myself for uh, any ambulances that come by. But yes, uh, no, <laughs> I, I I reject this rea- I reject this Arsenal reality. There is a Europa League final coming up. No, no, uh, I don't it, think so. It's going to be played by between a yellow submarine and a bunch of red dudes. So I'm excited. Yeah, bad evening. Um, all right, Parks, you picked some of the greatest ties in Champions League history to talk about today. You want to kick us off with your favorites? Yes, sir. So I've got a top three and an honorable mention. Um, so these are these are my favorite finals. Um, I am a United fan, but I'm removing that bias here just because we played in some dreadful ones, um, and we've also played in some masterful ones. We'll see if that that, that yeah, stays yeah, the same. Yeah, I know. Under, but under, <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. So, uh, I will. I will let third party judge this one. So kicking this one off, I'm going to start off with the 0304 final. Uh, for any of you longtime watchers uh, of the UEFA Champions League, obviously, obviously not us. I don't know what you're doing listening to us. The show is crap. But um, uh, so, no longer a valued <laughs> guest. All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
It's all in good jest. Former yeah, friend, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, <laughs> I can say this, sir. Um, but 0304, I think, was... Uh, the reason I put that at number five, it's because it's number one. It was very unexpected. You have a Porto team and a French team by the name of Monaco. So both two teams that are not exactly uh, reoccurring reoccurring uh, you know factors within the Champions League. You have Porto, who were led by a very mercurial Jose Mourinho at his time, or at the time, uh, coming in, knocking off a bunch of big teams, including my club, Man United, in the semifinals of that tournament, um, and beating another kind of high-rising, uh, overachieving French club in Monaco. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, there's a lot of great scenes that come out of that final. You've got Mourinho winning uh, and then throwing his Champions League medal into the crowd. You know, just nothing, nothing you'd ever expect in it. A game like that and obviously him blowing onto the scene and and kind of taking the world by storm so that one's really iconic and some of the mm-hmm. imagery that comes out of it. it obviously launched one of the most controversial managerial careers of all time and we just got we got a match <laughs> that's between, for damn yeah, sure depending on depending on who you want uh, or who you like well you're talking about two arsenal yeah, fans so yeah well, hey man <laughs> controversial is putting yeah, it lightly and i'm not us. exactly the biggest fan of him either but um <laughs> i don't is there any group of people Anywhere on the planet for whom Mourinho will not split them right down the middle. Actually, it's probably like 70-30 they hate him. But I think I the closest to it Chelsea has got to be... Manchester United fans. Uh, Inter maybe Inter Milan him? loves him. Does Inter he, he, like him? Inter and Porto. Yeah, the he two broke Inter's duck and also delivered them the only Italian trouble that we've ever seen. And I honestly think we'll ever see. Just because you've got Juventus who are perennial winners, minus this year. Um, but they just have wretched luck in the Champions League. They've lost more finals than any other team ever in the history of the competition. So if you have one team that's going to win two trophies and not win the Champions League, that's going to be Juventus every year. So I think him delivering them a treble in 20, I believe it was 2010, oh, yeah. um, is one of like, yeah, Somewhere twenty. Like it was either 2010 or 2011, but him delivering that treble. And, and we'll, we might we might touch on that. It wasn't 2011. I can tell you that much from my uh, ah, yeah, pre-research. Good point, good point. Um, so yes, yes. It, <laughs> Inter was 2000. Correct. Yeah, it was the 20, 2010 final. I forget they put the Champions League final at the second half of the year, so it's always counted as that. But yeah, so the 2010, 2010 final mm-hmm. was just unreal. Um, the build-up to that, honestly, and I, I don't want to stray too off track because that we'll talk about that one in a second. But my my top my number five. This podcast yeah. is all about going off yeah, track. I know. What are you talking about how the hell are, have we ever gotten off track in the past? But um, my number. <laughs> this is a Pistons podcast talking about soccer. We're the definition of off track. Look, we made the busted header an intentionally ambiguous name, and you know. It. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting until we can finally do some motor racing. Like, when can I do the F1 there, there podcast? There is a. I mean, that's that you also slides in. That, that also slides in because you're talking about headers within an engine, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's how we got it fits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's. Three things that Americans don't care about. The Detroit Pistons, <laughs> soccer, and F1. Shout out to, also, side note, shout out to Rip Hamilton being on that Travis Scott commercial. It was pretty dope. But um, moving on. That was the yeah, second that, I was not We are segueing back, back into this with my number four pick. <laughs> my number four pick being the, um, being the 20... Actually, um, yeah, sorry, I'm having a hard time finding it. The, that 2011 final you were mentioning... Or sorry, that 2010, 2011, mm. so 11, 2011 final. That's 2011. It Thank happened you. in 2011. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, it's going to so throw it me off. In 2011, um, it was the Barcelona United final. They destroyed my favorite team at uh, at Wembley Stadium in London, and that was probably the reason it's highlighted there is that's pretty universally considered one of the greatest teams to ever compete in a UEFA Champions League final. You've got 
uh, a peak level of Messi, Iniesta, and Xavi all playing in the midfield. You've got one of the best defenses. The yes, tiki the Tiki Taka, the 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 absolute peak of of what Pep's you know Pep's greatest greatest creation. You know, just absolutely dismantling a, a fairly well constructed United team too, with one of the greatest managers of all time. You know, actually heading that one up, and Pep just single handedly just dismantling them. Uh, You've got uh, you've got you know Messi scoring that huge goal and just absolutely just freaking out, celebrating, running into the crowd. Lots of scenes from that one too, um, and I'd be remiss not to actually talk about that final. The only reason it's not higher on this list, um, obviously, this is more highlighting an individual team and an individual performance, but um, there wasn't a ton of drama there. Uh, United scored like in the you know first half to equalize, but it was never really ever in doubt. Um, so this is more just watching a a really good team at its best. So. Yeah, that that that's why that's you know not higher on the list. You know, rather that's not higher on the list from where it should be. Uh, moving on, you guys started Chicharito, which in that game. the the little <laughs> P, like I just I just clicked on the freaking th- and like what? Yeah, I mean he was a <laughs> everything else in this lineup is like okay, yep, sure, okay, all right, Rooney, Giggs, <laughs> Carrick, Park. Valencia, Chicharito, what the I shit? I mean, so he was actually quite prolific that season. I mean, Jisung Park makes no, sense? No, Jisung Park was always deployed in big games. That dude always showed up. Um, like, he was just one of those guys who was perennially there. If Ferguson needed a guy, he needed he needed someone to do a shift on the right-hand side of you know either midfield or an attack, you could trust Park to do it. But this isn't a United podcast. I will not go down that road. I mean, you guys had Nani and Skulls come off the bench, and you still had Michael oh, Owen. Oh, no, we don't, talk, we, don't, we don't talk about Michael Owen. We do not talk about old man Michael Owen at that point in his career. He was not very good. Um, he's arguably a worse pundit nowadays, but that's a different story. Um, yes. <laughs> game number. Moving three. on to game number three, it's gotta be, and, uh, it's and, gotta and be. no, it, well, so in this case, it's gotta be Chelsea versus Bayern in 2012. Um, arguably, this is one mm-hmm. of those ones where you see in, in in champions league history and and this is often or sorry not often but a very rare occurrence is with the champions league you weed out bad teams either you know very early through you know just sheer luck or they run into a really good team but very rarely do you find you know underdogs hit the final right that's a very rare that's a very rare occurrence within the champions league tottenham, tottenham did final. make a final um that uh, <laughs> don't remind us very hey they didn't win it so you're good <laughs> They have not won a trophy. They have they have not won a trophy more recently than Arsenal. So both of you are fine. But I mean, if they win a trophy, the world's going to combust yeah, in the kinda, flames. Like it would is, be really hard to no. win a trophy more recently than Arsenal since we won an FA Cup last year. <laughs> true, hey. true, true, true. But it'd be a European <laughs> trophy before you guys. Anyway, I I think the world did spontaneously combust though. So I, I yeah, I don't know what I don't know what else <laughs> could happen. Rambe. I'm kind of happy that the that Spurs didn't didn't win that though. Just for just for the. I'm just going full memes. You podcast. and everyone else. Would Whatever the hell else would have happened, man. I couldn't have. We can't compound 2020 with you know potentially the ramifications of Spurs winning a Champions League final. But anyway, um, no. moving, moving on. on. That, yeah, so that that final is just unreal. Uh, you've got obviously Chelsea just bunkering down, uh, trying to defend for their lives. You've got Bayern coming at them with everything. I think they had 15 shots on target at one point, um, and then obviously. The, the Muller header, he jumps up, heads it down, off the ground, up into the corner of the post, past Petrček. That lifts the stadium. And mind you, they're playing on their home turf. The final of that year was in yes. the Allianz Arena in in Munich, Germany. So this is a home field crowd. Regardless of, you know, regardless of the 50-50 rule, 
or you know, the UEFA the UEFA distribution of tickets, right? This is a huge, huge home advantage for Bayern. And Chelsea came back and yeah. scored because Didier Drogba, the man who was leaving that summer, in his final game came back, banged in a header, and, and took the tie to extra time, and then eventually penalties, and then scored the winning penalty. And you know, if if you're you know if you hate Drogba, if you like him, whatever. But the man was a legend already. He was already set in stone to be a legend at Chelsea before then. And he did that in his final game, like mm-hmm. unreal way to go out. So I have to give, I ha- and that was just such an yeah. entertaining final to watch, just from a neutral perspective. Don't forget that Aryan Robin missed a penalty. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and that set up his redemption mm-hmm. arc for 2013 against Bayer, uh, against Borussia Dortmund, whatever. But yeah, just an unreal amount, just just drama of the highest order in that game. So that's why it's it's as high up on the list as I put it. So next one going down. Has got to be uh, has got to be Liverpool's win over Tottenham Hotspur. That's number that's actually number two for me, um, and it, it's actually no sorry I've got that wrong. That is Liverpool versus AC Milan. You'll have to apologize. I'll have to apologize for that one. Uh, I might ask for a, a cut there, fellas. Wait, but uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> hold on. What I've been working. Sorry, wait, what? I have my notes what? mixed okay. up. So Liverpool versus AC Milan is my number two final. So okay, I don't know what I'm more confused about. You accidentally putting the Liverpool Tottenham as number two overall, or are you putting the Milan Liverpool at number two? No, no, no. So I've got Liverpool in the left hand column. That's why I just saw it. But um, anyway, might as well just cut this. I'm just very curious to see yeah. what number one is. Ah, fuck it. Um, so I've got two lists here. Actually, that's why uh, one no, no, one that I was gonna one that no no just, no just, keep okay, going. Just, go okay, okay. just go through it. Just go through it. No, no, I'm using I'm using the objective one. So number two in my in my objective list is actually United versus um, this is United versus Byron in 1999. That, that was what I thought you yeah, said. So that's that's number two final for me. That one was insane. If you're a neutral, it was a great time. If you're a United fan, it was a great time. You've got Solskjaer and Gig. If you're a Chelsea well, fan, it was not a great time. Sheringham, if you're a Byron fan, it sucked. Um, but you've got Sheringham and Solskjaer scoring in the 90th minute after we submitted a, a fourth minute goal to. To Bosler, um, you know, completely left, uh, completely left uh, Schmeichel rooted to the spot, and then you've got you know basically just United weathering a storm for 90 minutes, and then David Beckham winning the game off of two crosses. It was unreal. Um, and since we're talking specifically about the Champions League, I'll let the other nuance for that kind of sit to the side. But just an unreal game and one that goes down in the history of multiple teams. And then finally, well, yeah, it, you know, you you have to so wait, hold on. focus back in on this because. That's to me, I mean, completely as a neutral, still one of the the greatest stories in Champions League history. Like the the toe poke in for for Solskjaer to win it is one of the most iconic goals in Champions League history. Correct. The uh, Skulls and Keane both being out for that final after winning the the semis is just a huge story. And that was the year. Uh, wasn't Beckham like uh, the Ballon d'Or second place guy that year. Like I think was he was third. Him having an absolute yeah. worldie yeah. in that year. No, I. Um, he was he was voted player of the tournament for the Champions League. Just I know I'm I'm underselling you know, it. I, I know you I know you don't want to go crazy over it because it's it's your United side and you don't want to seem like a homer. But that's I mean, one of the most storybook seasons. Oh in yeah, history, easily. And period. don't forget the. F- and that's that's your yeah, trouble. Correct. Season. So there is a lot of extra history there that I'm not highlighting. Um, just be, I think Jake, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not trying to be a homer here, um, just because that that's a very special moment for me. But 
Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to take into consideration there. You you lost Skulls and Keen into Ren in the semis, uh, playing against Juventus. And that's because of, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with how tournaments work in soccer, you have a thing called yellow card accumulation, where if you hit X amount of yellow cards, they suspend you for a game. Um, and both of our midfielders actually had that occur to them in that semifinal, where both of our starting guys in midfield, basically the engine room, went out on yellow card fouls or yellow card uh, accumulation suspension. So we didn't have either of our starting guys in midfield for that. Plus, you compound the fact with, you know, we were also competing on three different fronts. We, we won the season, or we won the league on the final day, so we had to compete all the way up to the end. We won the FA Cup final and then had to do that with basically no midfield. It was insane. Um, and then obviously, you know, you go down early in the fourth minute, you wear... You, you weather a storm, you've got, you know, goal, you've got Bayern hitting stuff off the woodwork, and then to go down the other end and score two goals in stoppage time, one in 90 plus one and 90 plus three, it's, you know, one of the most iconic endings to a season you can have as a team, so I appreciate you letting me, uh, you let me go a little bit wild on that one, Jake, so, but, uh, I, so I'm actually kind of surprised, so, so we were, I guess I was confused by the criteria on this, were you ranking them based on what was the best storylines or what was the best actual game the, itself? Kind of both. Um, so I, that's why – and okay. that's why this one is at was, number two, right? So it, it, it's it's a combination I was, of storyline plus the actual action watched in a game. That's why Chelsea versus yeah. you know, Bayern is so high because if you've watched that final, even if you were a neutral – you are actually biting your like I I had I was gripping my seat watching that like I I cared about neither team but it was very enter, like it was the one of the most entertaining UCL finals I've ever watched so mm-hmm. I was just kind of surprised that you didn't go the route of the other like Manchester United win against Chelsea which of course the storylines of being an all English final which of course we have another one coming up this year uh, but just kind of I felt like it was. That match was two very different sides, two very different oh, yeah. kind of styles. Oh yeah, stylistically, and I felt like it made for a great final. Of course, it went to penalties. It was like tight the entire yeah. match. So no, <laughs> I was just kind so of surprised I, with that. I, match I am getting. One. I don't. No, no, no. no that's a great back. point. I'm getting to that one too. Um, that's going to be one of our honorable mentions. I will say though, that game was boring as wow. dirt. If you were a neutral, uh, that game was not yeah. fun to watch. If you were a neutral, so that's why I didn't throw it in there. It's special to me. There's a lot of like weird, nuanced storylines to it where if you haven't actually... If you aren't a fan of either team, you may not have known about them, which is fine. That's why we'll, we'll highlight it actually in our honorable mention, which is the next one I've got coming up. So before we go number one, honorable mention mm-hmm. would be that same final, 2008, 2009. Uh, or sorry, uh, 07, 08. So the final occurred in 2008. If you have a chance to go back and watch a penalty shootout, you want to watch the one from that game. So what happened was it was a pretty mm-hmm. pretty cagey affair. You've got United scoring first off of a Ronaldo header where he basically rose above everybody. Dude jumped to the moon and headed a ball in past Petrcek. And then you've got a classic like Chelsea counterattack goal. Ball falls to Lampard who rails one in. Um, being super frank, you know the ball fell to the edge of the box. Dude made a late run and just hit it at, you know as sweetly as one could do. Put it straight past Edwin Van der Sar. You know one one. And then we traded hitting the post about three times. Drogba hitting one from an incredible shot. Yeah, that was the uh, I remember that. Tevez hitting one. Michael Carrick missing a, 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 a sitter because someone got in the way. Or John Terry actually deflected it. Just high amounts of drama. But like I said, not a super entertaining game outside of a few sparks of you know sparks of uh, of insanity. And then you get to the the actual extra time period where Didier Drogba smacked Nemanja Vidic and got himself sent off. 
So he wasn't there to actually do anything yeah. at the end of the game, which was just an unreal, unreal occurrence, right? And then you get to that that penalty shootout, which has a lot of like weird undertones that happened, which you don't really see that in a penalty shootout. It's either you know, it's a bunch of dudes who either you know go up, hit a hit a spot kick from six yards, either hit or miss. It, right? There's there's not a ton of like extra storylines that can be involved in that, but um, there's this crazy bit where. Uh, there was a crazy subplot where Chelsea had hired a, a statistician to actually go through and analyze Vanderstar's penalty saves, and this is a story that w- that came out mm-hmm. a while after that 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 game occurred. But they analyzed Vanderstar's like tendency to save penalties towards the the penalty taker's strong foot. So essentially, they would die. He would always dive in the direction of where they would hit from their strong, like basically from their strong foot. So if you're shooting with your right foot. It'd be on the you know it'd be a cross goal, so he would always dive right. So right foot, Vanderzar would dive right. And so what happened was, all of the Chelsea penalty kick takers in that in that actual so they were all basically instructed if you get into a penalty shootout, shoot to the opposite side. So if you're right footed, shoot to the right side of the goal. Don't go to the left because Vanderzar is going to always dive that way. And so that happened repeatedly, repeatedly. And Ronaldo actually missed a penalty, setting up John Terry to win it. And John Terry, in the rain in Moscow, slipped and hit his penalty, the game-winning penalty, off the, the yep. off of the post. And after that, Vanderzar had enough time to figure out what they were doing, dove, and actually pointed pointed to the spot where he knew that Nicholas Anelka was going to hit the next penalty. Anelka got weirded out, hit it to the other side, and Vanderzar saved it. And it's like a weird subplot that's like awesome. Uh, I'm nerding out a little bit, so I apologize, but it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like the, a really weird like subplot of a champions league semifinal but don't watch the whole game because it takes forever um and it's a boring one watch the penalty shootout if you have some time it's a it's a really cool adventure so but yeah that's definitely one of the games that you showed me the highlights of and then told me about that story (laughs) it's always been ingrained in my mind as one of the better uh champions league finals that i wasn't watching soccer at the time and it's just got some like funny subplots to it and yeah like i said uh and and yeah i don't want to sound like united homer there those are just my my top two picks but I think I'm going to prove it with my last one here, and that is number one has to be 0405, the 05 Champions League final between Liverpool and AC Milan. The comeback win, the 3 0 down at halftime. No question. Un, un, yeah. Like undisputed, that's one of the greatest ever, number one games I've ever watched, but also the, the stage at which, it, at which it took place. So for anybody who doesn't know about that final, uh, Liverpool kind of a kind of you know derped their way into the the CL final. I wouldn't say they were a bad team that year by any by any stretch of the imagination, but they definitely weren't Champions League competitors. They they finished a little bit short of the pack in the Premier League. They had a few lucky breaks in the group stages and they squeezed their way into the Champions League final against AC Milan, who were a perennial winner of the Champions League. At that point, they had been to, you know, multiple finals throughout the 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 years leading up to that. They had been in the 03 uh, 2003 final. Um, they'd go on to be in the 06-07 final after that, uh, and they had also won several in the uh, the old form of the you know the old form of the Champions League up to that point. So AC Milan were just perennially always in that game, right? The, these are the old boys, you know, they knew what to do in the stage, and they had tons of players who had won it before, including Paolo Maldini, who at that point had had four Champions League finals or four Champions League victories to his name. So they have an experienced team who know how to succeed at that level that goes up 3-0 on them before halftime. 3-0, which is almost a death sentence in any soccer game, let alone a final, against one of the best defenses in the history of the game. And then if you know anything about soccer, Italian defenses are generally very difficult to score on because 
of a number of like weird cheating and you know they, they're they're, they're kind of nastier um, they're always given a reputation in european soccer as being a little bit nasty so you go you go down three nil to those guys it's basically done and dusted and, and you're you're you have, you have to you're talking about a a defense that included paolo maldini the greatest left back yeah. of all time mm-hmm. arguably the greatest defender of all time nesta one of the like five greatest center backs of all time kafu on the right one of the greatest right backs of all, like not just an yeah. all-time great italian defense an all-time great italian defense with like probably three of the 10 all-time greatest yeah. defenders on it what just Ob- objectively just objectively you 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 can't you can't overrate how good this team is supposed yeah. to be and mm-hmm. this average not i wouldn't say average but I would not. I would say average for the competition they were playing in because we are focused on the Champions League, right? Not average for the Premier League, but definitely average for that season in the Champions League. This team comes out, comes out of halftime, and and I don't like Steven Gerrard, um, who is the Liverpool captain, who is very famously one of the greatest Liverpool captains of all time. But this is one of those things where you have a captain who who actually can steer their team to greatness, who can drag them through the mud. To get to uh, to get to an actual point where they can win a game, and he started the he started the comeback off. He had a, a hell of a goal to off of a corner, I believe. And then uh, you've got Jabi Alonso, or sorry, Vladimir Smitzer scoring from a, a, a you know a decent shot from range, and you've got Jabi Alonso following up a penalty to make it three three. And then they go into extra time, and you've got Jersey Dudek, who's just uh, number one great name for a goalkeeper, um, but also like. If you ever look at this, is a really weird sect of soccer, but all time goalkeeper jerseys, Jersey Dudek has like number one because it's like one of those old Reebok ones that's like way too big for him and it looks really cool. Anyway, um, but you have Jersey Dudek saving, a, you know, saving a, a, pulling off a ridiculous double save. You've got, um, uh, oh goodness, like there's so many weird moments from that match that just stick out in my mind, but the penalty saves. They actually had to go to a penalty shootout. So not only have we talked about one penalty shootout on this podcast, you've got two. Uh, and that penalty shootout, while less dramatic than the United one, is definitely one of those ones where the goalkeeper makes a name for himself. If you know anything about soccer, saving a penalty is one of the hardest things to do in sport, objective or subjectively. That's my opinion there. Um, and the fact that Dudek, so just just to just yeah. to butt in there, it's a penalty is worth 0.76 expected goals. That means you're expected to score one on 76 percent of the time. In soccer, like the next best thing is like a 0.4. Like that's that's how crazy difficult this is. It's harder than shooting a contested three pointer, yeah. or saving one is like harder than shooting a contested three pointer. There's, it's it's you shouldn't be exactly. able to do it. And more, I think, don't quote me on this because I can't remember exactly. I want to say that it's statistically more likely for somebody to miss the penalty than to have it saved. That would sound about right. That would I sound think. about right. I do think we need to do we need to do a little bit of digging on that, but I, I would agree with you on that one, Jake. So to, for for Dudek to save, uh, you know, more than one penalty in that in that match is unreal, right? Against a a team of Italian defenders who have been holding out the entire match, right? And the thing was, once they went up, th- once it was tied up at three three, it wasn't the end of the game. They came back and fought and 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 you know generated a bunch of chances to get back in the game. So it was absolutely unreal. Um, 
That was 60th minute was the the third yeah. Liverpool goal. Mm-hmm. So there was still 30 minutes a game plus, to play. Plus so, 30 no, no, more that, minutes that's of extra time 30 minutes of, of regular time and then another 30 minutes of extra time. So you had right. AC yeah. Milan had yeah. 60 mm-hmm. more minutes to actually come back and, and, and put another goal, you know, or put in another shot on target and, and, and get another goal off of it. So. And, and here's the thing that I think is also kind of – we haven't really mentioned as much yet was – just kind of the discrepancy, I would say, in talent of the Liverpool side versus the Milan side. Like, Liverpool does have some legends. They have Steven Gerrard. They have Xabi Alonso. They have They also have Jimmy some Carragher. lemons, too. But if you look at Milan... They also have some lemons, what? too, so... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. That's what I'm yes. saying. Like, you look at the rest of their lineup, it fails in comparison to a Milan lineup that had Hernan Crespo, Kaka, Seedorf, like, Pirlo, Maldini, Nesta, Cafu. They brought off... Rue Costa even a off the bench. Fan, you know every single name on the Milan lineup. Every single it's one of insane. them should be someone you recognize. And you it, might it, recognize four out of the Liverpool lineup, <laughs> maybe. That's, yeah. it's, it's wild. The over under is at three and a half of the Liverpool lineup, and you might think uh, Luis Garcia is someone else. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm looking <laughs> at in terms of the talent also, don't, comparison. Don't, don't hate on my have, dude Jimmy Treore, because uh, he saved. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you try to pronounce that, if you de- mind you, that's that's DJ yeah, I- So Jimmy Triore in this <laughs> game Jimmy. is considered like a, a meme of a defender. He was a like I don't know, Jake. What, what what's a meme? What's a meme like defensive player in the NBA? Like he's only better at he's only like all, all of them. Well, like, well, most of them. Tony Allen. Well, that's the <laughs> so Jimmy Triore was about like six three. He was a. He was a, I, I believe, Senegalese defender. Um, or he, sorry, he was from Mali. Yes. He was a Mali, like a Malian defender, and this dude was like gumpy as hell. Like you know, you'd be worried about him giving away a penalty because like his hands were everywhere on like you know crosses. So you never knew what he was doing. This dude saved a goal with a bicycle <laughs> kick off the line. Like like in this match, in this match, they put Jimmy Traore in here. This dude who could like barely, con- this dude who couldn't even like stand up straight, right? And th- this dude like cleared a ball off the line. Like everyone contributed to this. So it's one of those things where it was a team <laughs> game, um, with just like some absolute characters on this on this you know Liverpool team, and they all came together to win this against arguably one of the best European teams ever assembled. So the fact that and something we have to to mention here. Milan had first shot in the penalty shootout and therefore lost it on a miss, which is mm, just yep. brutal. Like, so so they missed the first two penalties, score the next two, but uh, the score is 2-2-3 two, two, at that point, and Shevchenko has to step up and make a penalty just to keep it going and misses. Like, the most brutal way to lose the penalty shootout is losing it on a miss like that. Just everything goes wrong for them that set those last yeah, 60 Yeah, like it, it's – and Jake, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I don't think you can overemphasize like how much had to go wrong for that Milan team for them to explode the way they did. Like it's unreal. Like – I've never seen the like probability chart, you know, like the win probability chart. I want to see one yeah. for this game because I bet it's it, No, it's wild. insane. And it, it, it yeah. would probably jump quite a bit towards the end of that because like, you, you have to, yeah, it, it's just unreal. So not a Liverpool fan. Uh, objectively hate Liverpool, but this is objectively, using that word again, the best final that has probably <laughs> occurred in the last 20 to 25 years, at least since the at least since the, the creation of the new Champions League format, which occurred in 
That yep. was 92. So, just, and, just and yeah, ju- and pointing that out as well, that's what we're grading all this on. So uh, if you are a soccer fan, uh, welcome. We hope you stay. But at the same time, we're only talking about stuff <laughs> from the modern Champions League format. Probably should have prefaced that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about here. So that's why I'm not pulling up anything from like the mid-70s and you know junk like that. So um, yeah, but that's my top five list. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? What do you think? I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, you can I have go to footballio.com and watch all of them, and I suggest you do that because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic still. <laughs> uh, watch some soccer. Uh, you can do worse than watching some very, very true. Finals, and trust me. you know, if you have any other, mm-hmm. uh, if you have any other requests for uh, good Champions League games, I can, I can help you out with that one as well. I believe I, I believe I educated yes. you pretty well, Jake, back in the, back in the days where yes. you were looking for some good, uh, some good soccer content. Uh, the. The still one of the all time greats is the uh, uh, Deportivo yep. Milan Super Depo. series. It's just st- uh, stunning. Yeah, great stuff. Again, that Milan side for the uh, early two thousands is just yep everywhere. I, <laughs> you you can't overrate how. And good they another are. thing to point out about this final too is it, Milan, even though they're like you know the they're the poor you know they're, I wouldn't I wouldn't even call them poor here right like they're the they're the consummate winners, right? They, they always come back and, and actually do something. They're always ever-present in the Champions League history. Two years later, they show back. They show up in the exact same final. They play Liverpool in the Champions League final in 07, and they win, right? They run them out of town. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's one of those things where, like, Milan are so good, they can still come back from something that tragic and end up, like, you know, coming back to the final two years later, which... Having repeat finalists is something we don't see a ton of in the Champions League, in the current Champions League format outside of Real Madrid. But, like, I was gonna say, uh, Real Madrid Atletico. Have yeah, a that's couple true. Words for you, but that's true. That. That's true. But yeah, it, you. It's interesting that Madrid have uh, uh, three in a row, and I don't know. None of them were really like games I'd recommend watching. No, I, <laughs> uh, I'd say the first one against Atletico was pretty exciting, just because of the way that. Like, it was so back and forth, and then just Real just burst through an, an yep, extra time. And, and that's that something I think we'll get final. into when we when we talk about the, the teams. Um, I yeah. do have a few points on that one as well. So, And actually, the second one as well, the, the rematch, was pretty exciting as well, because it was just another one where it's like, as someone who was rooting for Atletico in that game, it's like, there were so many times when it looked like either side was going to pull away and just... Neither side did, and then it went to penalties. So, I feel like oh, there's been some. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say which final you. you the, there was, was a game in between one. there. There was the Barcelona Juventus yeah. final yep. in between and, the two. I'm uh, saying the rematch of yeah, two and, years and, final. and that that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's two Juventus finals between fourteen uh, between 2014 and 2018, both of which they just got their pants pulled down in both games. <laughs> <laughs> and like it, it uh, and great. they've been like they've been so to, I guess since we've talked about some great finals, I can I can cap this off with one of the worst finals, one that I do not recommend ever watching, and that is the <laughs> that's the two thousand two two thousand three season, so the 03 Champions League final. That's between AC Milan yet again. We're referencing them again, um, and Juventus at Old Trafford, um, randomly, and you know at the end of two thousand three, that one was a. Like, snore fest, 120 minutes, no one really did anything. It was a nil-nil, and then AC Milan won on penalties. In which multiple multiple penalties were missed. Yeah, it was like three to two, which if you know anything about penalties, it's a minimum of five. So, yeah, yeah, lots of people missed. So, 
that's yeah. Juventus have been subject to some bad losses, um, and for such a good team, such a storied team in, in both Europe and their own respective league, they do not do well when it comes to you know finals. Like, the, the, yeah, yeah. I'll say the the seventeen eighteen Madrid Liverpool one also just absolutely bullshit. Ooh, yeah. You you Ooh. you go into that game and you're like, yeah, this is gonna be great, and then uh, Ramos like just breaks uh, Mo Salah's arm, and then. Yep. Uh, Loris Karius gets a concussion and nobody does anything about it and then the game is just <laughs> oh. over and you knew for like 70 minutes that this yeah. game was over just it, awful yeah awful game. Yeah, that it was, was a very brutal one, one. Um, I mean it's it's good for it's good for historical storytelling because then you've got obviously Liverpool coming back they they come back the next exact year which is kind of as much as I dislike Liverpool Klopp has an insane ability to like he has such a short-term memory when it comes to devastating losses um, like this dude always comes back from just absolutely, hor- you know, not horrendous, but just heartbreaking, heartbreaking losses. You lose in the Champions League final, and to be able to get back there and actually, you know, win the damn tournament, right? The the immediate next year is is such a hard thing to do. It can't be understated. And then they did the exact same thing with the Premier League. They have one of their best seasons ever. Get run out of town by a Man City team who I don't know probably dropped like what ten points all season. They come back and win the league off of that. So obviously a separate topic, but just a just a highlight for Jurgen Klopp out there. Um, just him being just that Liverpool team was held together by you know his his incredible amount of confidence and his charisma. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one of those things where you cannot understate the fact of you losing a Champions League final and then having to do the entire thing all over again just to get another shot at winning it. So one of those things you like to highlight. I think everybody just needs a hug from your. I I right. I think that I think we could all just. I need him to get better teeth first. I feel like I feel like he doesn't smell very good. Eh, He might smell okay, but he does need he he does need a little bit of beer and cheese and pretzels. I'm worried about him. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So there was there was our top ties, Champions League ties. Let's go to a best eleven. This is a really hard thing. We're going to try and come to a consensus. That's not easy for the three of us. Which means that we we have to all agree on a player in each position. We're going to try and do this as uh, which players are most likely to like dominate a Champions League final. So not just like who has At their respective the position, too. Champions League. But, but right. So we're going to build a, a real 11. So like a, a three midfielders that kind of try to make sense, maybe... You know, left wing, right wing striker. You know, a a four three three basically, and mm-hmm. we're gonna try and argue the merits of these players. Um, do you guys want to start at the back? Or start I say we start at the back. I think I know what. <laughs> I think that I think the attack is gonna be a lot less controversial, um, just because. The striker is going to be ah, true. Con- yeah, yeah. We'll, so we'll, gonna we'll be say that Le- left and right wing are basically we, guaranteed. We're all, there's going to be three different quarters in striker, and we're yeah, all going to we, be different can, sides of it. We can you save know, that one for the last because I think that one may be the most contentious, right? But basically, we could do right and left right forward. That's our decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's and yeah. There's going to be two or three of those yeah. guys. On I the think bench. that's a fair assessment too. Um, so, do we want to start off? I, I honestly, let's let's start from the defense. You you build a team on on defense. Let's start from there. And like Jake mentioned, this is a four three three. So, you've got four defenders. For those of you who don't know soccer formations, four defenders, three midfielders, three attackers. Right. Just just trying to highlight that. So. Um, 
But going from the back, Jake, is that cool with you? Start with the goalkeeper? All righty. Yeah. So yeah. I know you have a pretty extensive list. You, you went through and, and, and built out a, a pretty big list of, of names um, with you know stats and some other things. I actually built out a similar list, except mine doesn't have stats. It just has fun facts. So. Yeah, that sounds so. about right for you. That's very on brand. <laughs> so let's mention let, let's mention the names, and you can add something to my list if I've missed it. And then let's go over uh, what kind of merits we think they have. Uh, let, let's start with the least likely winners here. Oliver Kahn. How do we like Oliver? I mean, Kahn he's goal? scary. I wouldn't. There's I wouldn't want to tell him that personally. <laughs> Um, so Oliver Kahn is like a six foot four, six five, like really scary German man, horrible bowl cut, um, but would most likely would most likely be like on a poster for like the Waffen SS in like World War Two. Dude is scary. Um, All right, that's we harsh. do need to speed this up a little bit. We're already at minute forty. Let's 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 kind of hop to the people yeah. who are actually. Like we we don't think Khan's mean. gonna be here. That, see that that right there is mean because he's just Oliver Khan's irrelevant. I mean Get he's relevant. Here. He's relevant. Exactly. And Parks gonna this. spend Parks is gonna spend twenty minutes okay. telling us about like okay. what he liked yeah, in the yeah. morning that's, for breakfast. That's very like, true. Okay. Three three names. Uh, okay. Kaylor sure. Navas, Edwin Vandersar, Iker Casillas. I Where don't. Do yep. So I I don't rate, and this comes from like that weird period. Uh, like so Navas, I don't rate as highly. I don't think he was an <laughs> yeah. integral. I don't exactly. think he was as integral to that team as like the rest of the guys on it, right? Like, so, so that Kaylor Navas was was the goalkeeper for Real Madrid when they won. I, I think what what couple of their Champions League titles? Three it was straight, three. right? It was the three in it a row, 16, right? Three 17, in a row. 18. Yeah. Or no. Uh, yeah. Yes, all three in a row. So I think most of that yeah, yeah. team was based off like a really solid defense. You've got Ramos and uh, you've got Ramos and and uh, oh goodness, why can't I think of the name? Uh, yeah, Varane. thank you, thank you, Chris. Yeah, Varane. so Veron, and then obviously you've got Marcelo and um, Carvajal. So that that defense was pretty stout, and then you've obviously got Casemiro in front of them running, running, you know, running interference. I don't think he necessarily is the 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 bedrock upon which that that team was built. Right? I, I think there are other goalkeepers. If you wanted to throw them in, if you wanted like a guy who could well, I mean, save your, you know, save the bacon at the end of the day. Um, what a phrase! Um, save save your bacon, you know, in a, in a Champions League final. I wouldn't pick Navas. I'd pick my. I have to forego, you know, my pick in Edwin Edwin Vandersar here. Um, Casillas, yeah, no, I, I think Casillas it. is the like. If you pick both of those guys in their prime, I think Casillas is better. I think he works better. Yep. I think between so Casillas so and Vandersar, it's just swapping Iker between Casillas the two. Casillas is the the by far yeah. the winner. There's, it's not even it's not yeah. even close. He's the all-time appearances leader in the Champions League. He saved seven penalties in the Champions League, which is an outrageous. We talked about this earlier. That's actually yeah, kind it's of crazy stupid. to save seven penalties. Seven sounds like a low number. Seven penalties across saved your entire crazy. career as a Here's goalkeeper would Kay- be a really good statistic, not just in one single right, competition. Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. Seven penalties out of like eighty attempts would be a good number. Uh, here's my thing for Kaylor Navas. He takes a bullet for those Real Madrid teams, and they tried to get rid of him. And yet, mm-hmm. his like statistical shot saving profile is obscenely good. Killer Navas is is an incredible yeah. shot stopper. Not and, disagreeing with that. And like, he he wins three in a row, and basically Real Madrid tossed him aside. And I just think Killer Navas. Yeah, like, that was the, Killer Navas was the makes, with... makes our bench for me as the like backup keeper because. 
he was way, way better than he ever got credit for. And Real Madrid spent basically his entire career there trying to get rid of him, even as he saved them game after yeah. game. Yeah, Chris, what you got? Yes, I mean, Webster's, I raving, definitely, Webster's raising his I hand. am raising my hand. I agree that Caleb Navas is very underrated as a goalkeeper. However, there was a good reason that they immediately got rid of him. His distribution was never that great. He always, whenever he was in goal, it felt like a minute of fright. I'm just saying, it yeah. does matter. Well, I don't, I I don't mean, know about minute of fright, because Navas, like, all he has to do is roll the ball out to Sergio Ramos and, like, game over. Yes, yeah, so, so I, think, I think you guys are right. I, I, I don't know about his distribution. I don't think it was that end of the world. Like, wasn't no, that but was it, I mean, like, if for a team like that, right? If you're going to compete for the, the the highest trophy in the land, you got to have a keeper with all the intangibles, right? All the all the tangibles and all the intangibles. I don't really think he had it all. Like, if we're picking like a best eleven, like, okay, who could I pull out of history who has their you know at their prime? I would take Casillas. I've seen Casillas in like games where Real Madrid were not good, and he saved their ass. And I had never seen a game where 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 Real Madrid underperformed grossly throughout the entire team, right? Midfield, defense, and at, and up top, and Navas had to like you know pull them out of the fire, right? I've seen Casillas do that. There's mm-hmm. a game. There's if you want to watch yeah. another good game, there's a game from the 2009 Champions League season where Real Madrid faced Liverpool at home, and Liverpool I think won out four or three nil, and obviously that doesn't sound good for Casillas. However, the dude faced about 20 shots and only let four of those in. Um, and all of them were just absolute worldies, and it's one of those. It's one of those games where you look at Casillas and you're like, "Holy, you know, holy shit, this dude is unreal!" Like he had shot stopping ability, he had distribution, he had good positioning on, 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 on you know, attackers who broke into the box. Right, the dude had it all, especially at his peak. The one thing I will throw in there against Casillas, and I think he's the, I think he's our, you know, our obviously number one selection, but. The last final he had yeah. for Real Madrid in 2014, he nearly lost them the game, and that's something that people forget. And yeah. that was off of a that was off of an mm-hmm. injury he had sustained the year before where he broke his hand. Um, he nearly lost them the game. He was out of position for uh, for Diego Godin's goal against Atletico Madrid, um, and then he nearly led in another one. Um, I believe he got back in time to save it, but just one of those ones where. He then went on to the World Cup and had a nightmare of a game against Holland and all that jazz. I'm not going to talk about that, but I will say Casillas nearly lost them one of those finals more than he actually saved it. So that's just a, a side note. But I'm not I'm not debating if you uh, if you wanted to pull Casillas as prime and drop him to this team. I think he is the the starting goalkeeper. But I'm not a uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. one of those things where like Casillas isn't the modern goalkeeper. Like he's not the guy who plays with his feet. Yada yada yada. But when it comes like he has all the trophies and all of the like everything you yeah you ask for he's got it's all cl- like yeah he's got all close. of the accolades and all of the actual mm-hmm. like goalkeeper traits right he doesn't do all the extra stuff but like he's like the dodge viper right you're not you're not buying a dodge viper yeah we're, we're throwing a car thing in here you're not buying a dodge <laughs> viper in here for the you know the, the sat you know the satellite navigation and the comfy seats you're buying it for the engine you're buying it for the squeal because it doesn't have it because yeah. it doesn't have it that's not V8 a, engine. That's a, I'm saying the engine. No, no, a, 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 a V10 engine. No, a V10 engine. It's a V10, sir. Yeah, it's. Oh, no, I thought no, you said V8. No, I was no, like, no, whoa, no, no, no. now. Anyway, random car segue, <laughs> but like, yeah. Anyway, Casillas does what he needs to do. I think we've. Uh, I think yeah. we're we're pretty all much decided on that. I'm gonna put this one to a vote. 
Casillas. Nope. Casillas and goal. The question is, who's taking the best slot as as goalkeeper? Yeah, I'll vote Navas um, because my pick for the second second keeper here is is Peter Schmeichel, and he'd be throwing people, like, through through the side of, like, advertising boards if he was on there, so... Schmeichel would never settle to be a second goal, <laughs> like a, a bench goalkeeper. Yeah, can you imagine putting Peter he Schmeichel? Threw, on the my bench? fun fact for Peter Schmeichel is he <laughs> threw a fan out of a stadium once. Like a guy ran onto the field. I, we were playing some Turkish team. Some dude jumped on the field. He picked him up and threw him into the, like threw him into the crowd. It was awesome. So yeah, yeah. So I think I think Navas gets. We we might as well put Eric Cantona on the team. And yeah, put him no, on the yeah. Bench don't do that. No, don't do that. Yeah, I, I'm okay with Navas taking the second. Might as well be another right, team. Okay. Moving on. Let's start from right. left to let's go left. Yeah, yeah. Let's go That's left what I was back. thinking too. So left back. Yeah. Who do you have, Jake? Yes. Start us off. So I, I have three names on on the team, and only one of them is really contender: Roberto Carlos, yeah. Marcelo, <laughs> and uh, you know that guy Paolo Maldini. Um, the other the other Small two are guy. like really well decorated. Roberto Carlos has three yeah. Champions League. <laughs> Marcelo has four. Including three in a row, and Paolo Maldini has five, and it's not really so close. So <laughs> I have a I have a weird wrench to throw in this plan. Okay, so go ahead. for all of the finals that Maldini has played in in the modern Champions League era, because the dude is older than dirt and played in a bunch that were before the actual, you know, he played two correct, before the yes. modern one. Yep, he actually played as a center back. He never played as a fullback in those finals. Now I agree, he played left back for a part of his career and played center back as you know another part of his career and he was equally adept at both i would say i would only say i i, I would i would in this team i would want maldini as a center half and not as a left back and that is my that is my argument here and here's what i'm here's here's what i'm gonna say to you i have a whole bunch of names at center back and not a lot of yeah. names at left back so shut the fuck up the left back are good though <laughs> like the other two names at left back are great but like I have several names at center back, we should probably talk about. And there's not like a lot of left backs who've yeah. made their Other name. Than, yeah. in the I mean that League. that's fair, I guess. I mean, and like like Marcelo and Roberto Carlos, both Real Madrid guys. Like Marcelo should get a shout and probably should make the bench for this team because mm-hmm. that's just kind of the quality he has. He's one of the greatest Brazilian players ever and probably doesn't get enough credit for how good he is because mm-hmm. he plays left yeah. back. The, the, but, obviously yeah, the most attractive like, of positions. So. My thing about Marcelo is he is 13th all-time in assists in the Champions League. From left back. Yeah, I mean, but he's That's never really played a traditional insane. left back. I mean, he's he's been like a second winger on that side. I, I No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discrediting mean? his stats. I'm just saying he... <laughs> It's, that's almost like a, it's almost like a um, a compliment to him because he's kind of revolutionized the position, right? You look at that, right? You, yeah, he has. He's definitely been like the prototypical. Left yeah, exactly. I think that's a great point. He 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 exactly. he pushed the boundaries of that. Like Roberto Carlos was kind of similar, right? Like flashy Brazilian dude playing left back, scored 105 mile an hour free kicks that bent you know around the moon and came back in, right? Uh, if you've never seen that YouTube click of Roberto Roberto Carlos hitting a free kick that bent outside of the stadium and came back in, you should. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Roberto Carlos is, I would say, the exception, whereas Marcelo he's the rule. Yeah, pushed the game. Marcelo forward. wrote the rule and then became the now rule. My, now, mind you, Carlos might have like definitely inspired Marcelo to be the player that he is today. Don't get me wrong on that. In that sense, he did yeah. kind of push the position forward. But I look at a Marcelo, I look at a Danny Alves as kind of pushing the left and right back, like the wing backs, to be what they are in today's game, especially for a yeah. team like you know, Manchester City that relies yeah. so heavily on them. So, Yeah, I, I, I think 
you you put it, like Roberto Carlos drew the line and then Marcelo like danced over it and went wherever yeah, the fuck and he then, wanted to. I, right yeah, over I guess so. I, I uh, think we need to. I'm, I'm glad we're highlighting these players. I I think that's fine to put Maldini here. I agree with that. I'm just. I think his preferred position as a is a center half here. However, I do agree that there are a lot of names at center back that we need to address. So I'm fine with that yes. decision. Mm-hmm. Did did you have any other names you wanted to put in contention? Uh, not really. I think we covered most of them. Like I said, like uh, maybe Kafu, but or Kafu. Um, but like you're basically. Yep. It, Didn't he play? Uh, the he might have been right back. I don't know. Fullbacks are fullbacks are fairly interchangeable to me, but I agree. Um, <laughs> I think probably. Yeah, for me it was Marcelo and Maldini. It was yeah. just all right. You know. What do you kind of go for? Fair enough. All right, so yeah. consensus, is it a, we're going with Maldini at left back, raise of hands? We're going Maldini, and we're going to put, yep. we're going to put Marcelo right, cool on the bench. Dope. Moving on. Quick, before right. we decide that, let's go to, right, to back right back and see if there's anyone else we want to put over you want to Marcelo th- on the bench. So I think we should get one wing back and one okay, center Okay, so back you're saying back. like, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. So like one one center half, and then one. So who who on the right back side should we, should we deploy to the bench if we have that option? So... So Marcelo is like the one guy. Let's see if we have a challenger that we. Would a new challenger appears. Sure. Jake has just uh, fixed his sheet where he put Elvis on there twice. I think he's yeah. showing his loyalty <laughs> where he wants to go here. Uh, I, I, I put Lom twice. <laughs> I mean, so I I have Philip Lom on there. Uh, he mm. only has one title, but like he's one of the all-time uh, names. I would at the yeah, position. yeah. Uh, Zanetti, same way. To me, like Danny Alves is just the runaway winner at right back. Again, mm-hmm. a guy who not only like didn't just break the mold at right back, but basically is a guy who kind of played every position on the field and just happened to be listed yeah. at right back. No, I think that's a I think that's a really uh, really good thing to highlight. It, much like Marcelo, Danny Alves is probably one of like the top five greatest Brazilian players of all yeah. time. And for, like, from fullback. He played at right back, and so people may not think mm-hmm. of him. They're like, oh, it's it's Ronaldinho and Ronaldo and Mar- and uh, uh, Neymar and Garincha. Like, the stuff Danny Alves does all over the pitch, wherever you wanted to put him, is my like that you mentioned Garincha in there. One of the most talented soccer players in, in the history of the, the game. So, yeah. uh, it's kind of nice that actually, like, if Danny Alves played right wing, they'd be like competition for him and at right back it's like no he's just the winner <laughs> we could just, just slide him in yeah, and I, keep going uh, yeah and i think c- kind of your point earlier about uh, maldini uh kind of playing more center back i think fits well if we're going to put elvez on the right back instead of like a marcelo because it allows elvez to be a bit more forward be a, do some more overlapping runs on the right and kind of be more <laughs> offensive yeah. to maldini who's going to stay back and be that defensive left back so that's where i like having Marcelo going for the bench, having Maldini and the left back who will drop back, and have Alves attack forward because there are very few things yeah, do it I, like Danny Alves. This man's yeah, and that that was what I was about to say. If we want this team to play, if we want this team to play together, you're gonna want fullbacks to push up or one to drop in. You know, one to actually push into the one to actually push into the uh, midfield to you know cover up some spots in defense, right? So I I think that's a I think that's a good shout. Um, I don't to so I, I agree with Jake. I agree with both of you guys. I think Alves is probably the the, the number one here. I do like Lom better. Um, I don't think Lom is your 
bombarding, okay. you know, fullback that's gonna that's gonna pop up the field, and I think you do need that in a modern team. So you need at least one of those. Very pep. Correct. Guardiola, yeah, and I, I and back. and if I know our picks for midfield, we're not gonna want another dude in midfield with those other guys. So, which if you no. aren't. No, I, I don't think we need. I don't think we need no. any more help. No, in no, that no. It's the, the the midfield. We might actually need to skip the midfield and save it for last and get the, yeah. the wingers out I, of the I, way I, because mm. the midfield is. I have like twenty. Yeah, names. and I do too. I do <laughs> too. Um, so I'm I'm okay with doing that, Jake. If you want to jump up to the, uh, we're not we're not very traditional okay. here anyway. Let's, let's, let's yeah, but to, to complete your point though, um, I no, don't think there's a challenger from the right back slot that would well. remove Marcelo. So no. I think I'm good with that. So Alves at center. Albert, sorry, Alves at right back. Uh, Marcel on the bench. Is that cool? Raise a hands. Everybody go with that one. That's a, that's a consensus. That's a consensus cool. three. Okay, cool. All right, center halves. Uh, Jake, run center us halves. through. So center back, center half. Some of the thing. names. Run us through it. Nesta, Puyol, Hero, Piquet, Baresi, Ramos, Desai. That's that's seven I have on my list, and there's probably another yeah. dozen we could put on here, but that's seven we can get I have. Two starters uh, Desai wins off of his laugh alone. <laughs> That man has an amazing laugh. <laughs> Does that mean I get to put Ian Wright up at striker, even though he never? Yeah, that's <laughs> Marcel. Because nothing makes Marcel me Desai than sounds Ian like Okagwa. He has like such a similar laugh. But anyway, shout yeah, out to if he ever listens to this. You never know. But we we do love you on this podcast. So I don't know. Mm, um, yes. Nest people yeah. listen to Stadio. Please, please listen to. Yeah, it's a great no. It's a great show. Right. Um, I honestly, so I like Puyol here. I I really like I li- I really yeah, like Puyol here yeah. just because of his like leadership qualities. Um, the dude's been, dude's been in some sticky situations at the center half. He's played on a team that's very pass heavy, so he's clearly very. I, I think Puyol is a consensus consensus here. Uh, I I love him for obviously his you know character, his ability to actually lead from the back. My belief is if you have a captain, you want them to be a center back just because they're at that part of the field where they can see most of everything in front of them and they can also, you know, command and orchestrate the back line, which needs the most needs the most organization. So in my mind, I think Puyol takes one of these spots. Um, and I believe he was the left footed, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look that one up. Don't don't quote me. Uh, I'll look that one up really quickly, but um, you do typically want to have a left-footed and a right-footed center back so you can distribute the ball easily. I think Puyol fits into that team for me. Um, and Spe- speaking yeah. of Stadio, one of my favorite quotes was, "Why can't we put uh, two left-footed people on the si- or two left-footed center backs on the same team? Because we do r- two right-footed center backs all the time." And they're just like, "No, it's not done. It's not done. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's possible. Bad. It's not done. You can't have it. Sorry. <laughs> it's weird because we do two right-footed center backs all the time. Like eighty percent of the teams that play in the big five leagues have two right-footed center backs." Yeah. Two left-footed center backs? Absolutely not. So according to trans, yeah, I was going to say that is a violation of all, all of all human rights. As a violation, violation. Of, of a lot of all stuff. But, um, Puyol is right-footed, according to transfer marked. So, um, so he can play at, he can play <sighs> on the right. The other thing I was going to say, um, so for my second center back pairing, or for my second part of that center back pairing, is his Spain colleague is Sergio Ramos. Yeah, I was there gonna we go. say you. you yep. The it's fact be that you went to I like first. Puyol better. Sergio Ramos is one of the <laughs> that was most, the curveball. <laughs> like, like Puyol is one of those guys that you might feel a better like emotional attachment to. Also, like Puyol is one of the weirdest. Oh yeah, dudes got gray ever. hair. Yeah, just like a a great dude to like put on a field. You have this like actually really short guy for a center back, 
wearing the long he's curly also locks. Buff. Just the like giant giant yeah. Easter Island head. Like just one of the <laughs> weirdest looking dudes. But Sergio Ramos is like okay, so sk- cheating a little bit, like Messi and Neymar are in this team. Somewhere. To, or, not Neymar, excuse me. Uh, Messi and <laughs> Ronaldo are in this team somewhere, locked in. Like, Ramos is one of the most locked-in players on this whole team. Yeah. He has four to his name, three in a row, captains that team, one of the greatest defenders of all time, one of the biggest big-moment yep. players of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big moment in that uh, Real-Liverpool side might have been him breaking Mo Salah's arm. We'll skip that part. <laughs> Don't forget... Uh, <laughs> He's, 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 he's going to do it all for the team. Lock him in. The fact that Ramos and Puyol might like punch each other at some point in time has to be acknowledged, but you know. So go ahead, two of those Alex. points, right? Addressing the the punching between center back pairs, um, as we've seen from Chelsea, uh, you can a good center back pair needs a little bit of, needs a little bit of angst between them. Shout out to John Terry and Wayne Bridge. Uh, all right well we don't okay. see each other's wives so that's one of my favorite stories is you yeah. play next to a guy out of 11 what? people on a team you play directly next to a man and you sleep with his wife that's on that's insane that's insane to me like sleep with the left winger's life if you're the right back like that way you don't actually have to pass to that guy i don't know what was going on there anyway um no i, I ramos is definitely locked in here and i so you've got the you highlighted his moment of uh Probably, uh, probably infamy when he, you know, when he, he, uh, I don't know if he broke his arm, but he definitely like messed up the shoulder. He pulled, pulled it, yeah, he, he pulled, he pulled Mo Salah's shoulder in that Champions League final, which definitely had an impact on the game. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of skullduggery in that game. We won't, yeah. we won't really get into it. Um, but Ramos's Ra- other defining moment, which uh, I think it deserves a lot of credit, is his header against Atletico Madrid. He saved Real Madrid in that final. They would have lost without him. That was the 90th minute like equalizer off of a corner from from Ramos heading that ball in when no one else was going to do anything. No one else had shown a glimpse of anything. And then he puts that ball in the back of the net. And then you know Marcelo and Ronaldo score, and they take all the credit and extra time. But Ramos got them to that position. He rose above the rest and got his head on that ball and put it past. Uh, it wasn't Oblak at the time. I think it was. I think it was Courtois. No, no, hold up. It might have been Oblak. I think. I don't know who was a. Uh, was it O'Black? 2014, yeah. But I am not. So possible. he put it basic. All all that matters is he he scored against Real, or, uh, sorry Atletico Madrid in the Champions no, no, League no, no, final no, 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 no. in a 90th minute equalizer, unreal goal, like just a very pretty header. Like headers are generally not that like you know generally not that pretty unless it's like a diving you know diving header, uh, but just a very very magnificent goal, one that came at a crucial time, and. It was an equalizer in a Champions League final. I don't know how much more important of a goal you can score in your career, yeah. especially from a defender. Defenders are not really known for scoring goals in soccer. It's not like, you know, it's not like basketball where everyone contributes to the points tally. It's a, a defender will be lucky to score 11 goals in their career across, you know, you know, multiple, you know, probably 12 years. So, to have one in a Champions League final, yeah. to equalize in a Champions League final is just immense. So, he he's been known for- as one of the great clutch players. In, as a defender, NXT. it's just one yeah. of his. As a defender, he has 15 mm. Champions League goals. There are strikers who would be jealous of yeah. 15. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Goals. Like the dude, the dude is a big time player. He, he's yeah. he's incredible. So I think he's a lock. And There's no question about it. It's it's wild also, that Puyol is the is the calmest of our center back pairing. That's kind of insane to me. Uh. But uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going. It's the, so chaotic. Now, now the question is, do we argue about who's making the bench as a center back? Because yeah. somebody has to. 
yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of these guys, and it's there's so a lot of competition for it. Did, Real did quick you before we move on, though, I want to say uh, probably Rio Ferdinand, but he's only got one CL to his name. I I would argue he's been really good, uh, but there are other guys on here who are more decorated than him. So I would understand if you if you placed one higher. I I think he wasn't. To to me, Nesta is the guy that like stands out as yeah. being mm-hmm. like the name brand center back. Like maybe maybe the most name not, brand center not back. The, of all not the not the Walmart is, not the Walmart Nesta. brand center back, but the the name brand. <laughs> like w- when you think of a center back, like Nesta just like pops into your head. You're just like, oh, there's this tall dude who looks a little bit insane, maybe a little bit more than insane. And it's just like really great at tackling the yeah, shit out of you. Stark, mm-hmm. and that's in stark contrast to, to Maldini, yeah. who once famously famously penned the, the the phrase, "If you have to tackle somebody, you've you've already messed up. You're you've already screwed up your job." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think I I agree with that. So, yeah, so I was kind of surprised that Nesta didn't get more though. of a conversation for the for one of the main what? center backs, honestly. But I mean, I I'm just surprised he didn't get more conversation for that. I I agree with Ramos and Puyol. Don't get me wrong, but. I think you definitely make a case for Nesta yeah, as the starting center. Yeah, I mean, the problem back. is Nesta didn't really compete on a team that would get him in that position until he was older. So we just don't have as much tape on him. He played for Napoli sure. for quite a long time. He moved to – so Nesta Nesta moved to AC Milan later in his career. So he matched up with Maldini towards the end. Obviously, you take that – you take like a Rolls-Royce of a defender and slot him into a backline of already just a bunch of Rolls-Royces, right? You've got a, a ton of guys who are already that quality, right? Yes, lot lots of, of very cars. beefy, beefy steel in that back line, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Nesta, I think Nesta only falls short here because he only was playing at that top level later on in his career. I don't know, Jake. How do you feel about that? I I think that's fair. I think we all have. I shouldn't say we all have, but I think there's kind of an emotional investment in Puyol as like the captain and yeah. and one of the like Barcelona greats. And I think there's something where like you put the Barcelona badge on a player. I think, like, unless you're a Real Madrid fan, everyone around the world is, like, just a little more yeah. attached to a player when they wear the Barcelona badge. It's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of Barcelona defenders, do we have any any argument for PK in that? Um, I don't mind PK. He yeah. has more Champions he... Leagues than anyone other than Ramos. And, like... Yeah. Well, I mean... Part of me, part of me the, team, the, the FIFA player that's, like, in my brain is, like, no, he's got, like, 56 pace... Get him out! <laughs> like that's like in my brain. There's like something that's so just like no, no. I would, I, I would, I would not want to go with PK in this situation because of his propensity to get forward. We already have a, we already have our right back getting forward, yeah. right? We already have our right back like shooting up the line in Alves, and that worked for Barcelona. And let's not pre- let's not pretend that Sergio Ramos isn't good. Yeah, I was about to say Sergio Ramos team. says hello Sergio from Ramos is the That's what I'm saying. So do you line. want do you want our entire defense <laughs> to be playing attack at some point? No, I would not want that. Um, Look, it makes for great. It does TV. make for you great TV, up. but I also think like <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't like PK as a captain. Although I can't say that I played with the guy, so I don't know. But I, he's just never struck me as a. He's like he's a world class defender. I, I agree with you, Jake. There's something intangible I just do not like about him that I liked about Puyol and Ramos is obviously like big game player number numero uno from a defensive like from a defensive standpoint. So I I don't know. I honestly don't know. He could probably make the bench. Jealousy over his girlfriend, but so does it? Does he get girlfriend so this, points this, or wife points? 
Go go ahead, Park or Webster. Go ahead. I'm just I'm just making a joke. He does get girlfriend points. He does get girlfriend points. So. Yeah. Is, it, is this, What's the is this a Shakira hips don't lie point? Because it is. I'm willing, very to, much I'm is. willing to listen I mean, to those I mean, I, I think he only... <laughs> if we want to be realistic here, I think he's more athletic than Nesta. He has more Champions Leagues than Nesta. I mean, you can make an argument for him making over the bench, but I think... I I think no. Nesta's... Like, PK, the argument for PK is that he's a better passer than Nesta. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a much better player on the ball... I, I disagree. I think Nesta was a much better, like, run-jump athlete than PK was. Especially, uh, like, a lot of PK's best performances has come as he's gotten older. And I don't yeah. think that's the case for Nesta. Um, I think the way I, that you can kind of seal this up is to say that what you want in, like, a center back coming off the bench is somebody who can come in when you're already up and just lock everything down. And Nesta is that guy. What are you doing over there, Parks? <laughs> Oh, he was pouring a beer. <laughs> Exceptional foam to to beer ratio. Like that's, that's phenomenal. A great, that's a great pour. I just perfect need pour. to shout that out. Um, Parks had a commercial level pour for those uh, of you yeah. listening on audio. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't include like the that. ASMR. Yeah, I want to do that too. So, I, I yeah, I'd say would have been ASMR yeah production ASMR. quality would have helped out. Now, but to get back I've, on track, because then we're like way off track. To get back on track, because then we're way off track. Is I think. It, what you want in a bench center back, Nesta is the person you go for. He's the guy who's going to come in, he's going to play lockdown defense, and he's going to do a job and just and be nasty. Come out on yeah. top. So no, that's what you. That's I, to, exactly. I, like I, that. I was going to say. I was going to say to me, like if you compare their peaks, like I think Nesta is just like the nastier defender, and I think it's not even particularly close in that regard. Like PK's PK's on ball stuff is what is attracting you to PK more than any of his defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. But so so my curiosity was, would a Barcelona fan want PK over Puyol? And I think they'd probably vote no. Puyol. I I obviously never, never got a to I, they'd P- never want PK uh, over him. Puyol live. But um, so I I think that's I think we're good with that. We're we're all gonna vote a uh, Ramos Puyol Nesta trio, and Nesta's yep. gonna sit on that's the bench. A, that's a vote for Hands me. Up. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's go to the forward line, and let's skip the pretense. Let's start on the left. Um, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and <laughs> basically it's just Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm already voting yes. Like, yep. Moving on. Yep, yep. But he's, this he's is our hour long. Let's move this along. He, he's literally one, one game away, I think it is, from being uh, the appearance leader in the Champions League. He will retire as the all-time appearance leader in the Champions League. Uh, he's the top scorer. Not only is he the top, the top scorer, he's the top assist man in the Champions League, which is not something mm-hmm. you normally associate yep. with Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, he's the greatest Champions League player of all time. It's not close. It doesn't need to be close. Um, we'll talk about... I have two other names on the left wing. We can talk about them on the bench in a second because they'll mix in. Yeah, with the and I, I will throw one yeah. thing in there for Ronaldo too. Um, and people kind of underestimate how difficult it is to win a title with multiple teams. You have to, you know, obviously get to a final with multiple teams. You have to play with your teammates. It's obviously something you, you achieve over a career. And there's a few people on this list who have done that. Um, but Ronaldo obviously has... Seedorf well, says hi. Seedorf, yeah, Clarence Seedorf or Seedorf, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, also has phenomenal abs. If you've ever seen that one photo, if you know, if you surprised. ever search Clarence Seedorf on Google, the first Seeing thing that comes up is Clarence Seedorf abs. 
I've yeah, seen yeah. This photo. He's got he's got like an eight pack. It's insane. <laughs> I'm looking. It's literally it the first thing on Google, like AdSense, like Google AdSense is like it's like uh, abs. It's, <laughs> it's like oh man. It's the second for me. It goes white yeah, no, and then abs. <laughs> And then FIFA 21 for like, some reason. Just discard the fact that this man is a world-class player and has won, like, four of the Holy best trophies. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, right. so I think... Yeah, go ahead. Ronaldo, Ronaldo winning it with multiple clubs, I think, is obviously another thing to add to that repertoire. But, I mean, Jake, I, I think we're all in agreement here. He's a number one left wing. You well, could, yeah, and, It's and Ronaldo. It should, it should be said that probably his most impressive Champions League win is the one with United. Yeah, I would United say so, United. too. He did drag us yeah. kicking and screaming to that final, so... Because cause we, it, it should not be underestimated. When you win a Champions League with AC Milan or Real Madrid, you've played on the most stacked teams in the history of the competition. When you win it with basically any other team, we're talking about a different level of... Achievement quality yeah, in general. In the team. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, not, that's not to take away from what those teams have done. I'm not trying to... But, like, you know... When Porto win the Champions League, that's a different kind yeah. of celebration than when Real Madrid win three in a row. And that's just, you just have to acknowledge, like, when Manchester United win a treble and Cristiano Ronaldo's on the team, that means something a little more than when someone else wins the Champions League. And you just, it's, it's worth saying. But he, again, Ronaldo's the greatest yeah, Champions League was, player of all time. And it's not close. It doesn't need to be close. It was a double, by the way. Sorry. It <laughs> was just, just a double. That. The, the, the one in 08 was just a double. On. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> I agree. I think we're all in agreement. Raise hands up. Oh, that's right. The, the yeah, hands are really Two hands up two for hands. Ronaldo on left wing. All righty. <laughs> yeah, the hands are feeling. Um, let's, let's skip over to the right wing. Yeah. And uh, Leo Messi has four yeah, of Messi these. Yeah, I mean, this uh, is the second highest goal scorer, the fourth, ti- fourth highest appearance guy. And... It's actually it's like my brain is not ready to accept that he's second in assists to to yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. That's still like <laughs> fuck so, around up here, but yeah, it's still uh, quite Leo big Messi big. is 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 like uh, I'm a, I'm a messy guy. Uh, you both know that. I think I've said mm-hmm. that on this podcast Same. before. I'm a messy guy. Uh, he's like a full tier below what Cristiano Ronaldo has done in the Champions League, and that's okay because he's probably a tier above everyone else. And oh, yeah. that's just like the gap between everyone, but it's just Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Go ahead, Parks. Yeah, I mean, same shit, different wing, right? Great, great greatest. <laughs> right. We can, yeah, we I was say we can vote on this, this one. I just, this is over. I'll highlight one. I'll highlight one <laughs> well, we random, random right ass thing, wing. just because that's what I do here. So Messi scored. Messi is five that's foot six. Here for. Right. He's about about about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are we believing? Uh, that? Are we believing that for a second? He's listed at five plus. He he, might be he's five very three. small. So Messi is a smaller fella. No, nope. He's he short kings stand up, man. Like that's why soccer is one of my favorite sports because like you can you can be tiny. Are you yes, allowed to I say can. that? As a tall king, <laughs> I can say up. short king stand, stand up. up. As the six foot four yes. guy, are you allowed to say short yes. king stand yes. up? That's why I love stand up. That's why I love You're soccer, man. Because you have you can have a guy who is tiny be the greatest player ever. It's okay. Like that happens. You can't do that in the NBA. You can't do that in the NFL. Says the person who made a FIFA squad of As the tallest joke, guys, and they sucked. <laughs> the Berlin Wall sucked. It was a bad experiment. Okay. It was a terrible experiment. Anyway, the, the the whole point here is Messi is the greatest player ever. He has obviously done his stuff in the Champions League. He has he's tied. No, he's got one less title than Ronaldo, which is fine. I mean, that's he's played on some great teams. He's made those teams obviously great himself. 
My one weird fact is he scored a header over Edwin Vandersar, who is six foot six foot seven. Messi is five foot three. Somehow got up in the air and completed a cross uh, and, and headed it in over Edwin Vandersar. Like lobbed it over him uh, while in mid, while in the air in the 09 final. So um, which we also lost to Barcelona. Tough times, but. My my whole point there okay. is the dude is like tiny as shit and somehow lobbed a, a you know, six foot seven goalkeeper with his head. So just a weird dumb fact, but yeah, guy's amazing. Okay, okay. Messi is short. Me- Hands Mes- up for Messi. Messi is short. Short <laughs> king, right Messi. wing. Let's go. Can we get short to the fun king, part right now? Wing. All right, let's talk. All right, now about putting a winger yeah. on the bench. Exactly. Because um, this is where it's going to be a knockdown. Here are some names, fight. and I'm going to homer the shit out of this one myself. Oh, but, you, uh, we are both, and we yeah, have the advantage. But Neymar, but Neymar is one of those names. Luis Figo is one of those names. The mo- the guy with the best statistical case is Gareth Bale. Yeah, Gareth with, Bale. Uh, Gareth, Gareth Bale stands out as having four titles, um, three and an overhead and kick winner, and an overhead kick winner in a final. And, that and cannot be understated. Greatest games. Or one of the greatest scores I, I or goals in the. Can final we just league. talk about? I don't know what to do with fucking Bale in this. Like Not I legitimately, like he has the highest of highs and the lowest so of lows. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what but. we're going to do with Bale in a minute. But, but so okay. one of the names that probably slips past a lot of people is Pedro. Yep. Like three he titles, really good finals, one right? of the greatest yeah. Barcelona players, and he just kind of was in the the shadows of Messi and the rest of the greats that we're going to talk about in the midfield. Three titles. Uh, Aryan Robin, Di Maria is one of those guys I'm going to toss up there just because he's in like one of the greatest transitional assists. players of uh, all time. Even though I, even though I freaking, I fucking D, hate Di Maria. Maria is but he's like, a great triggered a little bit right now. Like, <laughs> fucking hate him. Let, let's let the Manchester United fan breathe for a few minutes. Goddamn snake! Is he a midfielder? I don't know how to feel about Di Maria because he's one of the like best soccer players on the planet right now, and also one of the ones that I can't figure out so at all <laughs> it's just a very strange dude but my vote here okay and this <laughs> this is a tough vote is we put two of these guys on the bench and they're both neymar and Henri. How, how do we feel about that well well who are we taking off the bench it's how many bench we players get, we get here eight what is it six or seven uh seven i think bench? it's a seven man bench it's yeah six so bench, right? Or seven, excuse me. Yeah. Um, it's two you've picked, you we've, we have three guys who play on the left. Hi, Thierry Henry can play We have three people who play left. <laughs> we have three left wingers. We don't need that many. We need one. I... Neymar has five star uh, weak foot. Uh, I'm fine in with FIFA, it. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so here, here's here's my uh, thing. Neymar and Henry were the only two people I put on my left wing behind Cristiano Ronaldo. There's probably mm-hmm. other names. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Neymar has one of the best like runs in a Champions League. One of the greatest champions. I think it's the fifteen sixteen title. I think that's the year it was. Basically, was like the guy for Barcelona on a team that has all the other Barcelona players we're going to get to, and also um, had uh, also had uh, Messi. <laughs> And oh yeah, that guy. Neymar was like the guy in there. He's also th- uh, sixth all time in assists and one of the like best uh, goal per minute guys in the competition. It's it's one of those weird things where like he went to PSG and that was a mistake probably for his legacy. 
His uncle, or father? His father says otherwise. Yeah, stop letting your family members be your agents is the lesson here. <laughs> um, but it, it's just one of, it's hard to wrap your head around the Neymar legacy because he mm-hmm. is... I, I've seen people who are like, ah, all these other Brazilians have greater like statistical impacts than Neymar does. And you can like look at like guys like uh, R9 and uh, mm-hmm. Garincha and just all these names. Like Neymar is one of the most talented players the game has ever seen. And it's really, yeah. really, really hard to like figure out where that puts him. And then for me, this is the real argument that I need Parks to like walk us down <laughs> off the ledge on. Because yeah. Thierry Henry is the seventh all-time scorer in Champions League history, and he spent the vast majority under, of that on yeah. Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Which is which is like when we talked about this earlier, like when you win a Champions League with like Porto, it's less than winning a Champions League with Real Madrid because your you team is just more, not stacked. More, so, more. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're well, good. Sorry. Yes. Thank we you. We get what you meant. Um, yeah. yeah. I have a hard time coming up for the argument for Thierry because like statistically, it's not quite there. So, but we're talking about a guy who's seventh all time in goals. Also, like, 25th all-time in assists, I think it is, 25th or 26th. Like, his assist rate is way up there, too. And we're talking about a dude who basically single-handedly got Arsenal yeah. past Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. During, like, peak Real Madrid. What I, I've said this, I think, I can't remember if we did this on the podcast we lost before, where we drafted all-time 11s. But R.I.P. to that podcast. To the vault. One of the my vault. all-time <laughs> favorite Thierry Henry moments, and I I personally experienced his his career... Um, like after it was over, obviously I, I became a fan in like 2015. So like I had to go back and watch all this stuff. But one of the great moments, and you'll see it on Twitter every now and then, is Thierry Henry not even scoring a goal. It's the end of a game against Real Madrid, and he's got the ball and he's just like walking it into the corner flag. And I think it's Roberto Carlos who's like trying to tackle him, and he just can't. And Thierry Henry just shrugs him off and goes to the corner flag and wastes a minute. And it's, like, this most casual moment. And he looks, like, so at peace with the fact that, like, he's being... It's one of those moments that's pure Thierry Henry. Mm -hmm. I don't... Again, I don't know how to make the argument statistically. I don't quite care. He's one of the greatest players of all time. And I want him on my bench. And I need to talk down. Can I make the argument tactically? Because having someone who... In addition to being, of course, a left winger, has also the ability to play through the middle. And Absolutely. on top of that, what you want as you, what you want off a bench player as someone who can come in and get goals. And the seventh all-time leading scorer is someone who can come in and get goals. Yeah, that's sure. my argument here. He can also play the ten because he's Thierry Henry, and I, I love exactly. him very much. All right, Parks. so I'm not talking you off the ledge. I may join you up there. Um, Fuck. I may join. I was kind of you oh, were no, you're uh, supposed to be the rational one. I'm supposed to be the rational one, but at the same time, like I've actually gotten to see the dude play. Not in real life, obviously, but I was a fan growing up. Um, I got to see a little bit more of more of peak Arsenal, and that dude scared the shit out of me. I have never he seen scared the shit out of me, and uh, <laughs> no, and, I, and I I know how revered he is across like other fan bases, and he's just a good dude all together. Um, I don't think he makes the bench, and. I, Chris, I'm actually kind of with you on the on the same point. He kind of fits into that that, that central striker conversation because he I wouldn't really consider him a left winger at all. I mean, he was definitely a forward. He drifted left, but he was definitely a forward. Let's let's be honest. I mean, the dude was 
Dubas in positions to score at all times. But I agree with you, Jake. He could. He was very versatile. The dude could be thrown everywhere, right? That was kind of his, his mo. Um, he could he could go where he needed to. Um, but obviously, you'd be dumb not to play him in his preferred position. My thing with my thing with Henri in this one, and so to kind of reflect, Arsenal the only the only time Arsenal's made it to a Champions League final was in 2006 against Barcelona, and that was the exact same season where yes mm-hmm. he drugged them through that Real Madrid team like that was him that was no one else that was him, and the fact that they didn't win that final was not down to the efforts of Thierry Henry. He never even got a chance because nope. in that final, nope. Jens Lehmann gets sent off for. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch it, but I remember it being slightly controversial at the time. Um, but Jens Lehmann gets sent off for a controversial foul. Um, Jens Lehmann is, their, is Arsenal's goalkeeper at the time. And they run up against a... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it was a good... It was an, it, I mean, obviously, they have to be good to get to a Champions League final, but not not a legendary Barcelona team. A, a beatable Barcelona team at that point, right? Not someone that they couldn't have gotten through. Um, and I, I will take a little bit off of the you know what you said earlier, Jake. I wouldn't say that was peak Real Madrid. That was before they kind of re galacticoed themselves. They were kind of in between periods, but <laughs> I mean, you had two periods of Galacticos. <laughs> but I agree with you. That Barcelona team was beatable, and you got shafted early on by a bad call. So that's one of those things where I this is this is one of those I've seen the call and like putting it aside. It's one of those like it's really really harsh it's probably fair it's really really harsh calls like you you, you, like it's really hard to make the argument against the call now that it's been made and it's one of those situations where you generally have a center like so if you get a guy sent off in a game right you can usually replace that guy for the most part if it's a striker all right you don't play without the extra striker whatever if it's your defender you can usually sub in an extra guy that's why teams have multiple dudes at that position if it's a goalkeeper you have a massive, massive drop in quality between your starting goalkeeper and your secondary goalkeeper. Your secondary goalkeeper is there to play in cups as well as, yeah, as well as just, like, take care of, you know, take care of meaningless games at the end of the season. You bring in a, 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 a secondary goalkeeper to play in a Champions League final while you're already a man down. Like, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. And I believe you... It was didn't ne- you even it was score a goal happen. after that point? Like, I thought your yeah. the first goal came after that, I thought. Was my thought. It, yeah, it, it's a moot point at this point, but I, think so, I don't think Henri had his chance so, to shine in that final. I think if he did, it would have been a different story. I think no. we'd be talking differently about this now. However, if his if his single if his one Champions League came with Arsenal, he's a lock for the bench. Here, here's my one argument, and it's the only real argument, is that the next best player he played with, and and that Arsenal team wasn't Real Madrid stacked. It was a really good Arsenal Arsenal side while he was there. Um, they prioritized the league over the Champions League, and that probably hurt them in the long run. The one argument Terry Henry has for like his all-time performance, it's not, not necessarily uh, not winning more, is that... Um, wow, his name is just like blanking. Uh, describe it. Yeah, okay, Dennis I was about to say, describe him to me and I Dennis, can tell Dennis you. Dennis Bergkamp didn't... Dennis Bergkamp didn't play away games in the Champions League. That's the one thing where it was like Thierry Henry, because Dennis Bergkamp didn't fly, famously Mm -hmm. was afraid of flying. Thierry Henry was the guy and the only guy. Which is still baffling to me to this day, but yes. That man take a boat to England when he got there? He takes the tunnel. He he drives the tunnel. 
He drove even even in like the little the little cloud hopper games to like Manchester. Interesting. Drove every game he drove. Huh. Um, because I believe while he was still at IX, they had a plane with like really bad turbulence, and Dennis Bergkamp was like fair enough flying again. Fair enough. Um, so so that's my thing for Thierry Henry is like what happens and and for people who who are listening to this and don't know, Dennis Bergkamp is one of the all time great players himself. One mm-hmm. one of the absolute great. Uh, they call he he would have been a false he, nine in today's game. He he was the second striker, one of the all time great. Add strikers, some context, yeah, and he didn't add some context to that from an outside fan. Oh. All time great in the Premier League sense, right? Maybe not Champions League because he didn't play there, but yes, right, yeah. right, and and that's that's right. part of it. And like there there are many people, many Arsenal fans who will tell you that Dennis Bergkamp is the greatest Arsenal player of all time, and this mm-hmm. is a team again that has Thierry Henry. Who is routinely voted by other people as the greatest Premier League player of all time? Yeah, and so that that's the only argument I have for putting Thierry Henry here. Uh, we've talked too long about Thierry Henry. Um, well, we've got we, we've got a two to one <laughs> ratio. Or two to one ratio so, of, so, of Arsenal so, to United. So Understandable. P- Parks, make make your make your case, Parks, for someone else to be on the bench. So I, I don't have one. <laughs> I also don't. I mean, Bale Bale showed up in a, in one final. Um, Bale showed up in one final. I don't like Pedro. I think yeah. Pedro was carried. Um, Robin has one final. Do it. Aryan Robin has one final to his name and fucked up his only other chance to win one. So I would not want Aryan Robin in True. this one. He's also a one-trick pony, even though that one trick is very hard to stop. Um, Di Maria has gotten there with Real Madrid. I think he was very... Di Maria has won... Di Maria was the man of the match for that one final they had in 2014. That guy is un- underrated. And he, um, the, yeah. the case for but Di I Maria would not... is that he has had moments where he has absolutely carried his team. Correct, the yes. In a, in a weird, weird way, way. He's, he's had moments. It's the best way to describe like, it. It's yeah. weird. Like, you're like, you're like, wait a minute, Di, Mar- Di Maria carried you? Yeah. Like, what? But like, there there have been games where it's like, if Di Maria wasn't there, not only do you lose, you lose yeah. by like four, and he's just carried. It's, but it's weird. I will I will throw in right. the fact that um, Di Maria is inconsistent. Uh, as somebody who had him on my team, yes. he's inconsistent. I've seen him for. I've seen him disappear in PSG games. I saw him disappear in Paris um, on a fateful night a couple years ago. Yes, Di Maria disappears. Henri, every time I've ever watched that guy, has always stood up to be counted. So I, I would leave. I would leave honestly. Put Henri on the bench. I think Chris has a great point. If we're playing this tactically, throw him on as an extra attacker. But I think we're also we need to we need to get through this pretty quickly. I think we may have a lightning round for the midfielders. So Henri. Yes. Makes my bench. Honestly, <laughs> you could probably throw Henri up top for me, um, but I do have another. I do have. A, I do another. You, uh, you know, other argument to make up there. But anyway, all right. So, so here's how we're gonna handle this. We're gonna put Henri on the bench for now, and if we vote mm-hmm. him out while we're talking about strikers, we vote him out. Correct. While we're talking Good. About strikers. Cool with me. Yep. All right. We're gonna take a break, and right we will back. be right back. Can I be left back. <laughs> So we've got four positions left. We've got the striker, and then we need to fill the midfield. And the midfield's going to be violent. <laughs> and the striker position might also <laughs> be violent. Just say it lightly. Yeah. This is where so the, I, have, I have a lot of names. This is pod racing, guys. <laughs> I didn't expect a Phantom Menace reference, but yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Okay. 
You're now banned from nah, further man, podcasting. Nah, man, that's, that's a great reference. That's that that's a great reference right there. I'm out. Best I'm Star Wars movie, Mike. don't at me. <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> okay. Oh so here's here's where we have to go with Stryker. Mm-hmm. Lewandowski. Okay. Yep. Etu. <laughs> Raul. Van Basten. Benzema. Shevchenko. Fernando Morient. Uh, Inzaghi. Drogba. Those are, those are the names Moriente. I have at Stryker. Uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy should be on the um, list, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, Van Nistelrooy is the one that I thought yeah. would need to be added um, to. Yeah, so Van Nistelrooy, the only reason that I would even consider him, he's never won one. He never he never won with either... Uh, yeah, zero, zero. What? Nope, you're going Sorry. the wrong way. <laughs> oh, oh, Jake is yeah, editing yeah. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy yeah, he, giving he, him two championships. No, he's, he's, he never, won one. he's never won he's one. He's never won. I thought, but, I thought he won. But he is won. like on the nope. he's in the top ten scorers in the competition. <laughs> right. He's what? He's six all time in second in the modern yes. era behind Messi, who it's is stupid. God. It's and, yeah. stupid. Messi. No, it is yeah, you're, you're right. Excuse Actually, me, he's, I think he's third. He's six all time he's six all time um with fifty six goals, and he's second in the modern era of goal to game yes. ratio behind Manistroid. Messi. Yeah. While also being 32nd yeah. in assists. Can, can we also <laughs> just say that I don't want him on my team? Just I'm, yes. I'm bored with Van Nistelrooy. And I'm sorry, Parker. We've, we've talked about this before. I just think you're like the, the penalty box poacher guy. It's like not a... Not the aesthetic yeah. I'm I know it's for. not the aesthetic you're so. going for. I will say, though, the dude is insane. Uh, out of 150 goals he scored from any night, he scored 149 of those from inside the box. So... <laughs> but, but let's uh, let's let's say it like this because I, this is this is the argument I've heard against putting Chauncey Billups in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Rude Van Nistelrooy is like the baseline for whether or not I think a striker is really 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 good. Like in the all time great fair. conversation, is Rude Van Nistelrooy is like the baseline for that. If you're if you're someone I think is better than Rude Van Nistelrooy, you're an all time great yeah. striker. Is that fair? He, yeah, that's fair. He played for my team too, so I'm obviously biased, but I'm not throwing him in this team. I also don't think with so. He's, he's an honorable mention. Van Nistelrooy depended heavily upon service, right? That guy could finish anything. He could finish a four-course meal in the box in two seconds, right? You just had to give him. You had to. You had to. <laughs> you had to. I'm just envisioning yeah, like yeah, a whole bunch of like yeah. turkey flying up. Van Nistelrooy was a hog, man. I do love to eat. Um, he he Somebody used to eat. eat. Like no, bone. like so big offensive yeah, lineman energy. Even though he was like Nistelrooy. a really he's a really skinny Dutch dude. Anyway, um. Van Nistelrooy needed service. This team is not going to provide him service. You've got Messi and Ronaldo on the wings. Nobody is crossing to this motherfucker. Nobody is putting a cross hey, in Correction. Him. Both of those are number one and number two in all-time uh, yeah, Champions League. I, I know, I know, I know. Up. I'm just saying, like, I don't think... I don't... But, I mean, like, Van Nistelrooy, at his core, was a selfish poacher. And that's exactly what you want as a striker. Okay. However, you so, are not tailoring... You you played so Van Nistelrooy played in a team with Ryan Giggs on the left and David Beckham on the right. Both of these dudes are geared towards getting the box or getting the ball into the box into dangerous positions for a poacher to put the net or put the ball away. Messi and Ronaldo are not built like that. I don't yep. think this team works if you put Van Nistelrooy up top in that situation. I'm going to this this team ain't they're not cross yeah this team could not cross nope. a road. These assists are coming through the middle, or they exactly. Come, so I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay leaving Van Nistelrooy out for obvious reasons. Outside of like, I love the dude to death, but I don't think he fits mm-hmm. here. 
I also don't think he's the greatest striker to ever play in this competition. I think he's a note. I think he's a notable. No. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Moving on from that. Let's. I've said my point. Anyway, let's get into the so, meat of the argument, which is Dro- Jake. Drogba make your case for also, Benzema. Dro- Drogba also knocking him yes, off for the yeah. same reason. Love. I, I'm yeah. a. I'm a Drogba fan. Don't Surprisingly so. Uh, in the Premier League. Inzaghi. Born offside. I need to mention he's born offside. He was born offside. Born offside. Uh, Fernando Moriente. No one has ever um, seen that dude play. I, also, I don't even know who that guy plays for, and that's surprising. Er. He 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 was he won three okay. titles with Real Madrid before the Real okay, Madrid. Okay, so he was pre Raul. Um, or yes. Oh, so he was he was the guy before they brought in. Um, okay, R9. so they mm. they brought they brought in Ronaldo, and then they sold Moriente, and then the the story for Moriente is he was sold to um, Monaco. And then the year after they bought R9, uh, Monaco knocks Real Madrid gotcha. out of the Champions League. They did not win it that year. If they'd won it that year, he'd have one of the best stories in yeah. Champions League I mean, history. But as it is, knocking out the team that sold you to buy the yeah. Ronaldo is so. A good I will. Story. I will throw in. On, oh, sorry. Go ahead, I'll, Jake. I was going to no, say, go ahead. I'm throw, not throw the biggest. I, so I'm not the biggest proponent for Moriente. Um, don't really know a ton about him other than his time at Real Madrid, which you which you just explained. Benzema is a hard one for me. I know you're very high on Benzema, Jake, and I think he's a phenomenal striker. I've seen the guy play multiple mm-hmm. times in person, and he's a fun watch. I don't think a lot. This is where what? the argument comes. Here. Are you curious? Yeah. That's where the argument comes here. I think this is going to be the biggest argument. Oh, really? Pop, okay. Yeah. I. This is it. <laughs> Jake I know loves you do. Benzema. And I think he is completely underrated his time at uh, at Real Madrid. And and people forget. Yeah, I agree. Leon knocked Real Madrid around multiple times. Mul- they beat the shit out of them multiple times in the round of sixteen for multiple years running. So people forget about that. And this that was led by Benzema. Up. Yeah. No. There's. Yeah. My. Oh God. What the hell was his name? This is not related to the Champions League. Jake. I know you're going to continue this point. So keep going. I have someone I have to, I have to look up, but. Well, so so here so here's the the other quick arguments. Uh, Lewandowski's only one one. He's the third all time leading scorer, and he's also like tactically he's he's just one of the guys that just like fits. Yes, any team, I think Lewandowski wins this argument for me uh, personally. So so for me, Samuel Etu is a guy who won two trebles in a row randomly, yeah. and it's randomly like, that's like such insane <laughs> luck with two <laughs> different teams in two different leagues. But yes. Samuel Eto'o, maybe one the luckiest like, player. I I don't know how I don't know how to like parse that in this kind of argument of like yeah he's the only player to ever because won on one two, hand like two travels in his entire life, right? He he won two in a row with different teams, in two, two different trebles, leagues, which is like which is insane. The the amount the amount of of stress and and like the the work it takes to win a treble is obscene if you don't watch soccer and you don't understand like playing in multiple cup competitions in your league and then beating the best teams and like the Serie A that he won uh with Inter not a not an easy win either it's not like he he won a a cheap league Uh, but at the same time like Samuel Etu is not the um He's not like the all-time leading scorer. He's not on the top ten list. I think he has thirty-ish Champions League goals somewhere somewhere in that yeah. range. Uh, he's not like he's not like a goals per minute kind of guy where he like has the greatest 
strike rate. Yeah. I don't know how to parse that because two two trebles in a row is one of the all-time greatest footballing achievements, and that includes two Champions Leagues in a row but with two different teams. I would also counter that. I mean, so he was also on two teams that were destined to win. Yes. So Absolutely. the the, the, yeah, the inter team was mm-hmm. very much led by like Mourinho, like everyone's against us. Salt like you know, fire and brimstone, you know, like everyone hates us. We need to perform in spite of everybody. And that team was honestly led by Diego Melito, who had a, was a flash in the pan, right? We're not gonna reference Diego Melito again on this podcast, but like that team was led by him. He scored all those goals in the final. <laughs> like Mourinho's like staunch defense. The whole, like, ridiculous defensive operation that happened in the Camp Nou. Excuse me. But, like, the the fact that team was, not, like, that Inter team was not Eto'o. He, he, he was a part of it, no. but it was not Eto'o no. leading that. Like, Eto'o did not grab any of those games by the scruff of the neck and take them, take them to victory. It was Mourinho's tactical defense, and as much as we hate Mourinho, he led a very, very good team in a very, like... Marine, like, that inter-performance in the Camp Nou was one of the greatest defensive things I've ever seen. If I was ever if I was ever to instruct a team of defenders on how to defend, that would be the game I would show them. That's a separate, that's a separate you know, conversation altogether. I don't think Eto'o... I, I think Eto'o is, is less dimensional than Lewandowski. I think Lewandowski, fewer titles. He should have had two, depending on how you think. I mean, if he had won against Bayern at that one... You know, if he had, if he had played better against Bayern... Yeah. It, you know, when when they played, he should have had two, um, it, depending on if he had transferred then, whatever. I, I think Lewandowski is, it, like, one of the best strikers we've ever seen in the modern game. I think he should have won a Ballon d'Or last year. I think he, and I guess, I get... It's a joke that they canceled it just so they yes, didn't have to Yes, it's very... It, if, if, yeah. if, if either Cristiano Ronaldo or Leo Messi is... Uh, like on pace to win that Ballon d'Or, Correct. they don't cancel that. They absolutely so don't. So I think Lewandowski wins this argument for me. I think Eto is is one of those like strikers who you look back on and like holy shit, they had a great career. They played with some great teams and they they were part of some great championships. I don't think they made any of those championship teams. That's that's where I'm at. I th- I think Eto is a guy that we have to talk about simply because he has this like his his football reference page, for example, is just like. Super impressive. Yes. You have to acknowledge it. Yeah. I think the argument here is between Raul, Benzema, yes. and Lefebvre. I, I would agree. And for me, for me, the the real argument is is whether which one of Benzema and which one of uh, and Lewandowski is starting and which one's on the bench. Because yep. one one of those is is happening. For me, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. Uh, I I'm willing to to start Lewandowski as long as Benzema's on the bench. Benzema won three in a row. Is the <clears> most like. I can't get over the fact that he's one of the most flexible players that's ever played the the sport. Uh, he's the the uh, fourth all-time scorer, tied with Raul, and also the eighth all-time assist guy in the Champions League. And his goals per game rate uh, is better than Cristiano Ronaldo's in the Champions League. Yeah. No, it's it's with it's 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 like point nine four versus point nine three, and then Messi is like. But like to be even considered like that. in but, that same range mm-hmm. is insane. For Kareem Benzema, yeah, right, and and so that's just like, I'm I'm willing to talk about about Lewandowski. I, I'm a big Lewandowski fan. Both of them are great. Uh, they're they're not just great strikers in terms of goal scoring. <laughs> they're great setup guys and great. 
But I, I just I just have to make the case for Kareem Benzema because he's he's just obscenely good and gets underrated. Jay, can I can yeah, I can I introduce yeah. my fun fact to the Kareem Benzema conversation? I uh, love fun so facts. So Kareem Benzema, someone made this is a really dumb fun fact, but uh, a long time ago, someone <laughs> someone all fun took, facts are dumb. <laughs> and some, all are welcome. Someone took the Feliz Navidad song and it, it like changed Feliz Navidad to Kareem Benzema because it's like the exact same like syllable count. And uh, it works way better than Feliz Navidad. So, uh, anyway, that's my fun fact. But Kareem Benzema works way better in that song. <laughs> this fact was Kareem more fun than Benzema I and less relevant than I thought. <laughs> Kareem Benzema. That was, that I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Anyway, fun fact over. But yeah. All right. So, so we're we're gonna put Lewandowski up top, and we're gonna put can, Kareem Benzema on the bench. Can I that's enter how we're gonna in this. a an argument for Raul? Real quick, and I know it's going to shot down, but I do want to okay. throw this one in for Raul. No, you Raul were more than welcome. was the basically the the guy who did all the dirty work and still like, okay. So Raul Raul was part of all of those Galact like the original Galacticos team, right? The Beckham, the Ronaldo, the the Zidane. Can I make yeah, this shorter for you? Raul was the guy that was Messi and and, and Cristiano Ronaldo before those guys were. Yes, Messi and he's Cristiano. a stone cold killer. He he was the guy that that everyone thought was the unbeatable the the guy who put up numbers at a rate that was just obscene before those two did. And Every, everyone yeah. thought Raul was going to be untouchable as the greatest. He's going to be the legendary all time. And he and he then, was he was slated to be the guy right up until these two upstarts just Correct. blew him out of the water. But he and was he that he dude. played on he played on a team with Ronaldo, not not Cristiano Ronaldo, but fat Brazilian Ronaldo, which he was fat, then not fat, then he got fat again. So, whatever you want to call Ronaldo Nazario. Hey, don't I'm not fat shaming him. But <laughs> can, like, we, can we talk about the fact that he has the greatest nickname? Fat Ronaldo or sports? Brazilian Ronaldo? No, no. Ronaldo Fenomenon. Oh, yeah, pheno- yeah, yeah, the Phenomenon. The phenomenon. Yeah. Well, yeah. But but not just the Phenomenon. The Phenomenon. Yeah, no, it's way, it's way it's way more Caliente that way. Um it's just I, like I one of the all time. Like if you have to be known you know as Ronaldo the phenomenon to distinguish you from you know, the other Ronaldos, that's that's so. Jake, incredible. I do have to kind of bend. I do have to kind of bend to your your thought process here. Benzema is more, he's more flexible up top with with the guys around him. the 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 thing is, like I agree with you, right? He played in a team with Bale and Ronaldo at one point, and basically had to be a distributor up top. He played as a false nine for some of those because you've got the greatest like attacker. Probably in the 21st century, outside of Messi, up on your left-hand side, and you've got Gareth Bale, who was a mercurial talent at that point, right? You have to, you cannot be the guy who is the selfish striker in that point. You've got two dudes who are literally goal hogs on either side of you. You have to be that kind of link point, and he did that well for years, and then now is performing as an actual striker. Like he's been so dynamic throughout his entire career. I can't take any anything away from Benzema, including his you know previous experiences being kind of a rough like French version of Rooney in his in his like very early years. That's kinda how I equate him. I know he's different, but like I Time out. Time out. Isn't Rooney the rough English version all right, of Rooney Benzema? Alrighty, alrighty. We're, we're I'm not I'm not dignifying so we're, we're that opinion with a response. Here. But I'm I'm cool with I'm cool with Lewandowski Ooh. starting okay. and Benzema on the bench. Is that going to a vote? Is that going to a vote? Lewandowski put four goals past Real Madrid. All right. Here, here's here's the argument: is that is that I'm listing Benzema as the can I get forward. can I get can I get Raul with a special mention? Like, yes, that absolutely. I again, 
stone the cold killer. Absolute stone cold killer for Can years. Can you say how happy we are that we got through this entire striker conversation without having to talk talk about Luis Suarez? Yeah, I don't really want on. to talk about Suarez. He yes. disqualified himself by biting somebody, by biting three people. So, all, all right. right. So, so here okay. we're going to the midfield. Oh no! And okay. I don't know how to talk about a midfield because basically all of the greatest midfielders are eights. Like they're all like if we're doing a four-three-three and like we yeah. want to pretend that this is tactically relevant, they're basically all eights. And mm-hmm. and for those people who don't know, that's like somebody who plays a, a decent amount of defense and a lot of offense versus somebody who's all offense or all defense. And like for the sake of the argument, I put a bunch of people in. Uh, like I listed some people as sixes that probably aren't sixes. Do we mm. want to pick a 10, an 8, and a 6? Do we want to pick two 8s and a 6? How do you want to do that? So, I don't think time. Yeah. Or do we, or do we just want to pick the six yeah. best guys, or the three best guys? So, do explain, to ex- like I want attacking, I want to box, explain box, to our, our listeners who are not, you know, more than casual soccer fans. And a, a, six is a, def- a 6 is traditionally a defensive midfielder. Their job is to sit in front of the defense. They're a midfielder whose primary purpose is defending and passing out of the back. An eight is a box-to-box midfielder, which they do both, right? Jake kind of explained it. They kind of do both. They do a lot of, like, carrying the ball into from defense into midfield. They're a transitional player. A 10. They're, like, 40% defense, 60 Yeah, and it can, it can shift between the two. But that's generally the, that's generally the, um, the, the, you know, the actual dispersion of, of duties. The 10 is considered an attacking midfielder. They play in positions called the hole, uh, the gap. They play in between the lines. Yeah. Get, get, in the, get in the hole. So, like, they play in the hole, which is such a weird thing to say. But they're technically the point guard of the team, right, in terms of a soccer team. Their their job is to yeah. orchestrate the offense. Like, their job is to get the wingers and the attacker into correct positions. So the 10 is obviously you're going to be Kaká's, Ronaldinho's, Brazilians always, you know, take over the 10. And the reason why, yeah, it's, it's, it's really role. the Brazilian role. And that that's why it's been orchestrated by guys who have number 10 on their back. That was Messi... And, and Ozil is so fucking yeah. And, all right, all right, all right, all right. Ozil, <laughs> Brazilians and a couple Ozil of staring at <laughs> Ozil staring at me with his weird ass eyes. Okay, he can do that. It's fine. His weird yeah, sleepy right. hooded eyes. Where do you right, want to so start? Where do you want to start? Let's just say this. I'm guessing that let's we're going to end up let's with three different people I've got listed as an eight okay. in this midfield because that's how this works. So let's go through the ten and let's go through the six and let's just talk about some of these names. And let's start, okay. with, let's start with six. Because ten. I don't think any of the people start with ten? Let's start are with ten. Ronaldinho. Let's go to ten. Ronaldinho, one Champions League to his name. Thomas Muller, two. Kaká, one. And Savasevich, yeah. one listed. He's got one, and then he's got a European. Yeah, he was like him. kind of borderline. Um, I'm going to say Muller has the best case for for a champions league here even though kaka had the single best champions league performance yeah and that's uh, jake i like the names i don't like muller here as a as a as a boondist yeah i don't i don't don't, so i don't rate muller here just for the fact that he's kind of a scoring threat he always has been for his team and we have plenty of people who can score goals on this team tactically i think we can eliminate um i don't have enough tape on the guy i mean i'm an old fan but i don't know that much about this guy i'm not that not that old um (laughs) it now it comes down to dino and kaka um dino was kind of an enigma do we want to include anyone in our eight discussion up here 
Do we want to include like a yeah? Chavi would never no. Chavi would never play in this role. I think Chavi has a place in this team. I do not think he has a place here. I would not put him in a ten. Um, I I like no. I, th- okay. I think I think for the record, all four of these guys cheat. are going to get eliminated in this process. I don't think any of these four make the bench. For me, Kaká is the yes. one that has the best yes. case because he has one of the most. He has hey, one hey, of the best. One of the best Champions League performances, like the one year he You're won talking with about... Milan. I think it was mm-hmm. was just an obscene. Yeah, what year. like ten goals or something? Uh, it was, was that was that two thousand six? Seven. Like Seven. Year? Seven was the Ballon d'Or year. Just, oh, that, talk that to me. Talk to me about that just... one. I remember that one. He ripped. He ripped United apart in two <laughs> games. I watched it. It was not fun. But I was just like, shit, man. <laughs> to, to have to have a midfielder who's six two. He was six, six foot one, one six two, Which for, remember for a soccer player, he was player, six was one. He was incredibly diminutive. Very very good on the ball. Diminutive. diminutive? Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's probably not the right word. Um. He was very sly. Like he could shirk off tackles. So he was a big dude, right? But like somebody would hit. That's yeah, not right. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not using the correct yeah. vocabulary. Sl- slippery. Yeah. He was and, sly. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably using. Deceptive probably deceptive is the and, word I'm looking for here. But yeah. But but also at the same time, a guy who could who could just like turn into an NFL linebacker if he felt he, he had the need to do that. Like, he has just, one red card in his entire career. Which and is wild. I don't think he's. Well, this we can talk about this how isn't many... the right time to have this conversation, but his Real Madrid stint, like he had injuries and stuff that just took him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like he should have been, he should have had a legacy so much greater than he did, even as a guy yep. who had a Ballon d'Or. His Real Madrid stint as like a super sub for Mourinho does not get enough credit because he was like a pressing master for years at Madrid, which was like the, not something you would think of like a Brazilian 10 he... to be. And yet, yeah, he was also bought at the same time as yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, so he was a bit overshadowed. That's not <laughs> yeah. bad. That was he not was literally <laughs> bought in the same summer yeah. as Ronaldo from United, and it was yeah. Like, what do you do about that? Because Kaká was already a little bit and, old. And you can also yeah. talk about you can also talk about how like he won his Ballon d'Or, and then Messi Ronaldo went on yeah, a ten year like, run. He was the last non Ronaldo like, player outside of Modric to to win. I one. feel like yeah. Who should yeah, not have more than Ballon d'Or, but whatever. Yeah, yeah we don't. Wild, but yeah. So, so here's like, the here's the he's, deal. He's so overshadowed. I, I think Kaká probably has a place, maybe on the bench. Maybe he's going to get contested for that. Who Let's do you put at ten? Though here. I would honestly. Uh, I, can we no. let, can we leave? I don't Kaká think this for team now. has a ten. We'll put I think Kaká this team for now. Is, a, is a six and okay. two eights. Okay, that's fair. I I would okay. like I would like to leave Kaká on the bench personally, but that's okay. Uh, I, I I agree. I with have an well. emotional. Well, I think we all do. Him. He's I'm such a great dude. That. Like you cannot hate Kaká. Like he literally is the nicest guy in football outside of like Juan Mata. When you look at the list I have for eights, and you're like, oh shit, it's really hard. to Yeah, I know. To, like, I know. Not have a I know. place for some of these guys. I know. It's, I know. it's really okay, hard. So let's move on. Let's move yeah. on to the number eight, which is right, which so is box to box midfielders. No, let, we got no, we got to no, go to the sixes. We got to go to the sixes first because the eights and. None of these guys are going to make the the team, but they have to be mentioned. <laughs> Paul Scholes, Pirlo, Kimish, Casemiro, Deschamps, Xavi Alonso, Busquets, Thiago, Rijkaard. I think let's, of let's, all those guys, Rijkaard has the best CV uh, yep. European competition yep. thing. But two of them yep. were were before the era we're talking about. Uh, yeah, Busquets does a decent bit. Casemiro in recent times. Like, Busquets has a decent bit. He's also like the fifth best player on the teams that he plays. Oh yeah, well, he, and like it's a distant uh, fifth. Busquets and, was and this always, is coming from a guy I love. Forgotten. 
I was going to say, yeah, Jake, I'm surprised he's not higher on your list. I was thinking the same thing. Like, he's been immense in all those Barcelona teams. We're we're, we're going to talk about two other uh, Barcelona players in the eight section, and I'd rather just put either one of those in the six than. Let's let's quick do it. Let's quick do it. Pretend we got to put. We're putting someone positionally to a six right now before they eventually get taken out by whoever's in it. So, okay. (laughs) Who are we looking for? I got to go boost. There's a lot of I like Alonzo. I, I really like Jabi Alonzo and like every other team I've ever like seen him play in. I don't mm-hmm. think he's better than Busquets in this role, and that pains me to say it. Busquets I'll, is the best six yeah, in this, yeah, in this uh, list. By, yeah, by and it's, it's tough for me to say because I've always really rated Jabi Alonzo as like one of my favorite players. He's handsome as hell. Um, he can score from he can score from like fifty. <laughs> he can score from like fifty strong. yards. He's got hell of a he's got a hell of a passing range. He's a good captain. Xabi Alonso has made a Barcelona team that has been like on top of their game for probably a decade tick for that entire decade. He's been the one. All right, I guess you could say Messi is probably <laughs> Messi. Uh, Messi is obviously. Yeah, yeah I know, uh-huh. I know, that's tough. But I'm saying like without Messi, right? You have a great attacking team. Without Busquets, you don't have a great defensive structure. And he's been there for forever. He's. It's 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 not even the defensive structure. The thing that is so magical about Busquets is he's the master of the pass where the pass comes to him and he's like standing in front of the center back line. The pass comes to him from like the right back or the right wing. It comes square across the midfield and he taps it back to a center back. That's like, it's such a stupidly simple looking pass. And he always knows what to do. But he knows how to be available. He always knows what to do. And it's one of the most one of the most incredible skills to always be available as a release valve for yes. anyone on the field and, and, at any given time. And it's, yep. it, it's it's spectacular from Busquets. And his close control as as a guy who is probably the least athletic player we have on this entire list. Correct. Uh, Correct. So uh, yeah, that, that's what that. I think. Uh, and, and so what Jake is talking about here, right, is within soccer there is a there is an idea of pressing, right? It's kind of like a high court press in basketball, but the idea is you you push the defense into making a mistake. Busquets is the one guy in that area who you would trust never to make a mistake. He always knows the right decision. Like Jake is mentioning, he is a release valve for a player who needs to get rid of the ball, right? You've got center backs who are under pressure from attackers. If they make a mistake there, the attacking team's throwing goal, right? You immediately create a, an instant chance. So Busquets is the release valve for that. He gets into a position for a center half or a a, you know, a defender of any kind, doesn't really matter, to make that pass off and, and get rid of that, right? It's one of the most invaluable skills in soccer as well as one of the things that you don't really see because it's kind of a boring position. It doesn't really have a lot of glamour. You're not beating people down the line. You're not shooting on goal. You're not in midfield making a crazy pass. You're just an outlet valve to release pressure. And it's one of those things where you don't see it in other teams, and there's a reason why. It's because it's very hard to replicate. And I think Busquets makes that makes this team here because he can release that pressure from the back line i think you've got competent enough defenders in puyol and and ramos who've played with them at the spanish level if we're actually making a team that competes um i think you've got enough guys around him who understand his his capabilities as well as could understand his capabilities i i I dislike busquets for the way he plays sometimes however I am not dumb enough to say he's bad because the guy is clearly very good at what he does. So that's my argument for Busquets. He's one, he's one of those guys who bad. does so many simple things that you can't believe. And he does them. The he does them so right because he he never do, he never does anything Correct. special. 
And then you realize that the special thing he does is that he's just always in position to do the simple thing. And it's it's such a hard thing to qualify. Uh, a special shout out here for Tiago Alcantara, who is one of my favorite players of all time. And I just love him. And now that he has two champions links to his name, I get to like throw him into this conversation, even though he doesn't really belong here. It's fine. And, and, and Chris and I are about to throw him out because I don't like believe, no believe he belongs here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking on for the him same, to be on here. I just get to put him on the list, which is all that matters. In the same mention, I feel like I like to throw uh, probably a name that's going to be more. I think I can't even say he's like even for the future at this point. He's getting kind of up there in age, which is Casemiro. Uh, oh, I think he's not going to. He's not. He's not going to deal with the Busquets. He's not going to deal with the Zabi Alonso. But what he can do in that midfield, I think, is unmatched by pretty much every other name on that list. You mean the so. ability to tackle people without getting called for a foul? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Big <laughs> there, there is a really, really good case to replace PK with uh, with uh, Casemiro on the bench. Okay. There's a really good <laughs> yeah, case I mean, for that. <laughs> I don't think Casemiro wins out over Busquets, though. I think it. Uh, he doesn't no, he's win not out over, out over basically anyone, yeah. any of yeah. these players because he has one talent and it smashes yeah. the shit out know. of people. <laughs> I like him. I like him as all right in that role. Moving on. Anyways, so moving on do we? Do we? It's, hey, it's, he's, he's the same as Fabinho with Liverpool. Do we like? Do we like Busquets as the as the eight or sorry the six here? I'm 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 putting him nominally at on the bench for now. So we we until he gets because he's going to get voted out of the midfield. We're just going to put him on the bench. He's the tentative six. All right. So for eight, number one, yeah. woo! We have Zinedine yeah, Zidane, the hard one, Xavi, Sedorf, Iniesta, Modric, uh, Gerard, Beckham. Cruz, it's not. Lampard, it's not Gerard. It's Gerard. That keeps going. He can't, he's not that Spanish. There is a. Uh, and and so right now we're gonna knock. We're gonna knock yeah. Gerard off the list. We're gonna knock Cruz off the list. We're gonna knock Lampard off the list. We're gonna he's knock not, Beckham off the list. He's not a midfielder. Damn it, he's a right winger, and I will stand by that. But yes, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we're. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have any chance at competing for the right wing, <laughs> so we're gonna put him in here just to pretend. Here's the deal. All right. uh, those guys are all off the list because the the qualifications to even be on this thing are correct. So stacked. We're yep. talking about Zinedine Zidane, who only won one. Though, like, I don't... We're going to have to talk about a manager for this team. And <laughs> he won three and three as a manager. I don't, That can't affect his player rating, but, like, obscene. Uh, Can we just eliminate him by greatest, saying he might be in the manager so, competition? <laughs> he, he, has one of the, he has one of the greatest goals in the history of the competition. Is also one of the greatest players of all time. In the, in the podcast that will never be, I took him, like, first as... Chavi, yeah, like the best player of all time, because Zinedine Zidane oh, is, is yeah that dude. Chavi uh, has four four uh, Champions Leagues, three uh, is third on the appearance list, fifth on the all time assist list, is one of the greatest performers in the history of the competition. Uh, Seydorf has four titles with three different clubs. Again, one of the yep. greatest yep. players in the history of the competition. Insanity. Iniesta has four titles. Sixth on the all-time he, assist he, list. One of the greatest players in the history of the competition. And also, also, perfect 4-0 and in finals. True. Never lost. True. And uh, Modric has four titles, including so, three in a row. 
Here's the deal. We're going to take Modric out of there. Yeah. I love, yep. I love how that's a consensus pick, and, even though he has a Ballon d'Or and, and four I don't need him on the Champions League today. So, throw him so out. Here's the deal. Throw him out. We don't need him. He's, he's got four seals. He's got four Champions League titles and a Ballon d'Or. Fuck that, dude. He's gone. He's awesome. We're not counting I, the Ballon d'Or. I, I know, I know, I know. I just think it's funny. Uh, we're just like, we're just like fuck so that here, guy. So here's the deal. We have Zizou. We had Zizou, Xavi, Seydorf, and Iniesta, four of the greatest midfielders of all time, and either Kaká or, Buk- or Busquets okay. on the bench. So, mm-hmm. one of those yes. guys has to so, go. Yep. I'm thinking it's Busquets myself, and I'm going to put Zizou in there. Yeah, I mean, so maybe or maybe you know what? I'm going to take it back. I'm I think Zizou should probably be starting. I'm going to put Seydorf on the bench, even though Seydorf has maybe the best resume of... The guys the we're talking about, but we're not talking about talking resume. About. Like, he's played yeah. for some amazing teams. He played for... He played for... And, and he I'm played gonna, for a generation... Sorry, go ahead. Zizou no, 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 shot my bad, my bad. Jake, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Because Iniesta, that's, that's what we're talking about. Put him in, lock him in, doesn't matter where he's at, he's starting on this team. I will not Iniesta allow him to Javier do otherwise. are the two locks in midfield, and you can't take them out, and I'll fight anyone who says Could I make the case that Iniesta's best position is not actually in midfield? It's actually on the. It's actually on the left. You're no, gonna put him at right no, mid. No, 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 not not right mid. It's, le- on, the, it's, a, it's, it's on the left. Guess what? He can be the left side of our midfield. I don't give a fuck. He's in the midfield spot. He's one of our eights. It's gonna happen. He's our left eight. <laughs> and yeah. and so we're talking about Zizou, Sedorf, and either Busquets or Kaka. I think I think. So you have an entire other section with okay, so like Skulls, Perlo. Like, where's Roy Keane in this mess? They're there. Don't we don't. That. We don't. We don't <laughs> need. We. You're that, telling me we do not need like an Andrea Perillo in this. Do you see the other names in this list? I have Sergio Ramos and Carlos Puyol. I don't need. I don't need Roy Keane. That, Roy Keane says, "Fuck you, man. He's coming to your house. He's gonna fuck you up." <laughs> this, he's on a flight to Michigan this, right now. This is one of the things where it's like we just. This position. Is yeah, so no, stacked. it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah. The 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 greatest non Messi Cristiano Ronaldo resumes are in the midfield, and that's with all due respect. No, to understandable. So, yeah, and the wild thing here is that Zizou has only one title, and I think he like is a lock for this team, which is insane. So ahead, the one Max. thing I will throw out here is in a team like this, right? Uh, so we've talked a lot about the the resume of the guys in this team. Like I'm gonna go back to Gerard real quick. Gerard is a goal scorer, right? Let's look at the let's, let's look at the guys in midfield who are goal scorers. You've got Gerard, you've got probably what Beckham scores goals, Lampard, you've got uh, who else is in here? Maybe Pert. Skull scores, like Skulls. yeah. Skulls we, we have really yeah we have a chant for him. Um, All of our guys listed at the ten. Correct, goal and I records. even Xavi hmm. and Iniesta have. A so goal my record. thought, mostly due to longevity, correct. more than goals yeah, per correct. Game. So my thought is. <laughs> We have such a potent front line. Why do these guys want to score goals? We need to have a team that, like, literally their job is to funnel funnel the ball to the front three as fast as possible. Because goal, scoring it goals is very, is fun. very fun. It is very fun. That's it why. is incredible. It's Just incredibly fun. But we need guys. I, I, I think we have a good. I think we have a good balance of defenders who can score goals right through 
through, I mean, I guess not really. Nesta and, mm-hmm. and Puyol don't really score tons of goals. Um, maybe the fullbacks do. No, but Ramos scores enough goals Correct. for like so that that's fine. So we're good. I think we need a little <laughs> bit of production out of midfield. That's my thought. I've always been that way. But at the same time, I also think we need to highlight the fact that we have such an incredible front line through this, right? With Lewandowski, with Ronaldo, with, with Messi. They need the ball at all times. It's one of those things where, yeah, you've got midfielders who can score goals from range, but like, Expected goals-wise, you need to have those front three guys working the ball between the three of them, right? And you need people who can pass it slickly. So I think the idea of putting Xavi and Iniesta in here works. I think that works because the idea of them was originally to get the ball to the front three of Barcelona and keep the ball moving very freely, right? If you needed to play it around the horn, which is a joke, uh, you played around the you play it around the horn of the the horn of the goal, right? You play it if you can't get. If you can't access the goal through the left side, you play it around the horn to the right, you play it around to the left. I think that that Javi Iniesta and Zidane midfield, if you wanted to throw that out there, Zidane is one of the best players, one of the greatest players of all time under pressure. If you tried to pressure him, he'd do it. He'd do it. The dude is the master of the roulette, randomly. But like he would roulette around you, he'd move the ball around you, he'd play the ball off correctly. Zidane is not going to let the ball, he's not going to lose the ball, right? Same with Javi and Iniesta. When you're talking about those Together, three players, they're not losing the ball. You're talking about the three most untouchable players. Untouchable is in, in like you could not get the ball off. Except of them. for except for Leo Messi. Leo Messi is is the the number one because Leo Messi can do this do all the things those three did while also Correct. going forwards, which is why he's, he's not the best a player of all time. <laughs> but we're exactly. talking about the the three most unpressable, untouchable players. The three players who will yeah. look like it, they're doing nothing, and then you're. If you want to make, if you want to make a professional soccer team, not in a professional soccer team, one of the greatest soccer teams in the world, look like children. Put these three dudes in midfield because they'll play around them like they're nothing. So, I agree with this pick. Um, I would like to see Paul Scholes in there just because of his like record and also the fact that I'm a homer and the fact that Xavi and Iniesta have mentioned multiple times that Scholes is the guy they would love to play with in their career. Like they've multiple multiple times they've mentioned that Paul Scholes is one of the guys that they have always wanted to play with. So I think Zidane as his ability to play through pressure, his clear record in the Champions League. He's a clutch player. He's scored goals in Champions League finals before. I think he makes it in over this. I think he he makes it in this team over you know over Paul Scholes in that regard. So, uh, I I think I, so. Here's here's the deal. I think we're all in agreement. I'm going to start Xavi as the nominal six, Zizou as my nominal right mid, Iniesta as my yep. nominal left mid. Yeah. So here's the deal. You yep. can have either Scholes or Kaka, and you can have either Sadorf or Busquets. Parks, where are you going? I gotta do Kaka over. I gotta do Skulls or Kaka. Or, uh, no, Kaka over Skulls. Yeah, that's a hard one. It's Kaka. Yeah, okay. I, I Kaka is the perfect. So, all right, he's I, the perfect mid for the bench. Yeah, if you look at it tactically, you can't beat him no, off the bench. Yeah, I that's agree with thing. Chris here. Skulls is like Skulls. If you want to replace one of like Xavi or Iniesta, right? If you wanted to replace one of those guys, one of their one of what they do in midfield, right? If you need a game changer off the bench, Paul Scholes is not going to do that. He's not going to run through defense. He's not going to cut through people. He is not going to play the killer ball with like 10 seconds left. Paul Scholes is a game manager first. His job is to manage the pace of the game. Speed it up. Slow it down. Like that's his job is to do that. (laughs) His job is to do that, right? Um, Kaka is obviously like an X factor. You drop him into a pitch if you need him to do something crazy, and I've seen him do it. Skulls is an incredible player, and I love yep. him to death. He's probably my favorite player of all time. He does not do what Kaka does in this team if you need him to. 
One of the worst the problem. Of all time. He doesn't fucking. He doesn't Wait fucking. I will always. I've never you... understood why he went into that. He doesn't fucking talk. His whole thing was he didn't do. <laughs> He's he was, one of the all time. His worst whole thing was he was boring as shit. His whole thing, his whole stick was like, I'm great on the I, pitch. I don't into do that because people as, were going to pay him to do that. As an Arsenal fan, I will always give, I will always still give Skulls credit for being a great player. He always <laughs> trashes the pundit. His whole thing was he didn't fucking talk. Uh, and he didn't do anything bad outside okay. of the, he's not interesting. That's his whole thing. He went into punditry. If someone's okay. going to pay you to do something, you it's do like, it. Oh my God. Anyway, so. Okay, so Busquets Skull, or yeah, Sadov? Uh, That's the tough one. That's that's the really tough one. I think you definitely I, need. I love still looking at Tatsby. I don't think yeah. you can keep Sadorf off this off yeah. this team whatsoever. That's the I thing. It's I like, what do you do with Sadorf? But at the, the at the same time, you also have to have a midfielder that's devoted strictly to and defense. Sadorf, I feel like on a bench, if you're trying to do yeah. this tactically, in Busquets is yeah, the best. Sadorf is not that. a defensive it's, midfielder whatsoever. He has defensive qualities, but he does yeah, want to go like, forward do you wanna, at the end of the day. I'll just play Marcelo with. All in right, defense. all right, all right. Be, be gone, thought. I am a man you're of right, God. You're right, but you're cheating. <laughs> I am a man of God, and my and my God states. That I think it is. It would be a, it would be a crime to leave Seedorf off this list when you're talking about the list of the best Champions League players ever, just because of what he's done in that competition. That being said, if you're making it tactically, yeah, it I has to agree. be Busquets. I think that's. I think that's my pick. And I hate to say it because who wants yeah, to no, pick no Busquets? No one wants to pick Busquets here. But like, if <laughs> he's the least exciting pick right, in the world, when, when, when the team the right sheet call. comes out and and the fans find out that you picked Busquets on the bench over Sadorf, they are going to flip. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the Twitter night. The Twitter meltdown <laughs> is going to be that Sadorf isn't picked yeah. for the bench. I mean. So- <laughs> Go ahead, Parks. It's criminal it to leave him off this, and I want to make sure I'm on the record with saying that. But that being He's said, it's got to be Busquets. Part of so many teams. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris on this one. It makes the most sense. It makes the most okay. sense. He is the most tactically sound. If you're up a goal and you have 30 minutes to play, yep. who are you going to bring on? Sadorf or and I'm not, I'm not dissing Sadorf here. You bring out Nesta yes. and you bring in Busquets. And Busquets, and you and win Busquets the game. is going to pass the, the ball to six. You know, he's going to pass the ball 400 times to his center halves. But he's always going to be available for a return ball and do the exact same thing and eat up clock. And, and if he's fouled, he's going to fall over on the ground like he's been shot. And peekaboo, which he's done. He did the peekaboo. That was his famous thing. Yeah. He will fall <laughs> over on the ground. and, and, and yeah. You're going to hate him if you play against him. He's going to be the, the, the guy you want to have on your team for that instance. So I'm not mad about that at all. So mm-hmm. so, so here's, here's the deal. Here's our bench. Kareem Benzema, yep. Thierry Henry, Nesta, Marcelo. Kaylor Navas, Kaká, Sergi Busquets. We have an honorable mention in Seydorf. Some yep. of the names that aren't on this team, Neymar, Raul, uh, Bale, uh, Xabi Alonso probably, uh, Roberto Carlos, uh, Kafu and Lam, Jairo. Is there a guy you think needs to take over one of those nope. bench spots? I think that's probably fine. I don't nope. mind that bench. Oh, that's perfect. We don't have any regrets. No, 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 no regrets. regrets, baby. Let's go. All right, one last now for the last one. Big decision. Who's managing this team? Jake, say the list. A couple names. To me, Jake. You know who I'm going to pick. I got a couple names. Oh, and there's, to me, there's actually players. one winner here. He's a very clear winner. It's not even particularly close. It's going to be but all over the place. There's a Can few names. Say it? Oh. Zinedine oh, Zidane. Zizou. Won three in a row. 
You can't have this conversation <laughs> without him. Uh, is he? Is he weird? Because he's a player he's manager. On the team. He's on the field, but uh, he won three in a row. Jose Mourinho won one with Porto, <laughs> which is fucking wild. Porto and Inter, <laughs> and then won one with Inter. Uh, he's third all time in appearances in the Champions League. Carlo Ancelotti won yeah. La Decima. La Decima Two titles. What Two Mourinho could not do. Two different as a player, by the way. Two different titles as a player. Uh, the next two names I have on the list, Sir Alex Ferguson, 1-2, is the all-time appearance. <laughs> because leader. we couldn't leave them off. And then, <laughs> and then Arsene Wenger. I didn't know that. I wasn't going to put him on this list. He never won a title. He made one I was final. put him on this list. <laughs> but second all-time in appearances. Thought that deserved a shout-out. Mostly due to longevity. I'll admit, I just wanted to say Arsene Wenger on the podcast. <laughs> all right, all right. Can you guess which one of these names I think should be the, the manager? Which one, Jake? I'm not. I I do not want to know anything that goes on inside Jake's brain, so I'm not even gonna bother. Can you guess, Parks? And I think this one's actually like a runaway winner. You go with Zidane. I think this one as well. I opened the right. It's not nope. Ferguson, is what? it? You're not gonna. You're it's not, not gonna, You're not gonna be that. It's not Sir Alex that, Ferguson. With all due, nope. you're not gonna respect. be that nice to marry you. Is the one I pick, or is the one I hate? My pick is Carlo Ancelotti. Thank you. He's, he's, he's the single greatest. I'm not alone to think of that. Maybe next to Jurgen Klopp, the single greatest like players yeah. manager of all time. Players will players will fucking walk through lava for Carlo Ancelotti. He's won three with multiple teams, got La Decima, mm-hmm. and every single person who's ever played for him will love him. And he's the best name I have on the list to manage all the personalities yeah. on this team. So yeah, I think there's no question. It's, all right, it's well Ancelotti. I'm gonna fight. Back on that one, and you're gonna guess who I'm gonna fight for. Um, of course you are. Yeah, yeah, we know where this is going. So I will say that Sir Alex has been in two of the most intense finals ever. I, I get Ancelotti is one under some crazy circumstances. Zidane has won with probably the best set of players ever constructed. It, maybe not the best, but like one of the best. Right? He had yeah. Ronaldo. That was Ronaldo <laughs> at his peak. That's Z- yeah. for, with all due respect, Zizou's managerial style. Up until like this year has been shut the yeah, fuck the, up and go yeah, play. Yeah, the just game. like put out <laughs> a starting eleven. <laughs> it's really about the like, you play? Shut up! <laughs> Stop talking. Go hit the ball. The ball is Correct. over there. So that's one of yeah. And fair credit to Ancelotti, he's done it at three different teams, right? And I, I, I cannot, I cannot take that away from that man. I think he's probably your front runner here. I will say though, if you need to win one game. I would want to pick Ferguson to motivate those guys. Ferguson's come in multiple times. He's like the one quote I will leave you with, right? He's obviously been knighted for his like, you know, the work he did with United in 1999. He's won he won in 2008. He he lost in two finals. I'll get that. I'll give you that. Like he's not been perfect. The one quote that always sticks with me is uh at halftime when United were down 1-0 in the 1999 final. His quote, which is absolutely legendary in my mind, is at the end of the game, you're going to be six way. You're going to be six feet away from that trophy, and that's the closest you, most of you, will ever get to it. Don't you dare coming back here in here without giving 100. percent Like that quote to me is like, you will be six feet away from that trophy, and that is the closest you will ever get because you have to walk past it on the way in and out of the tunnel if you're playing in that game. You'll be six fucking feet away from that. Don't you dare come back in here without giving 100%. Like, he would rather you leave the damn stadium without coming back into that, into that dressing room after that if you hadn't given 100% of your you know, of your energy towards that. So, 
If you have a guy to motivate you for one instance, for one match, it'd be Sir Alex Ferguson, right? However, I get it. I get it that... See, here's here's my counterpoint, mm. is that Arsene Wenger once said, I believe the target of anything in life should be to do it so well that it becomes an art. So fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and I will tell you the difference in between trophies, between both of those managers is very different, but that's fair. Which one of those has a gold uh, trophy? Which one of those has yeah, a year? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, hey, we're not talking about the Premier League. All right, we're who, so far who, off track. Alex Ferguson versus Carlo Ancelotti. Before we get to the... I'm, I'm taking Carlo, and it's and it's for the simple reason that uh, multiple people fought with Sir Alex Ferguson, and everyone loves Carlo Ancelotti. And that's, and with all due respect to Sir Alex, I, I think he's probably number two on this list. Yeah, um, well... But, and I think but another I think thing Carlos that needs to be mentioned is Alex Ferguson was a living legend by the time Carlo Ancelotti was like just starting out at in Italy and Juve and Milan. Like the the length and kind of the leash that Ferguson had was something that Ancelotti never found no matter where he went, whether it was Bayern, Real, like I, even at I Milan. Think, was I think the for a biggest argument for Ancelotti in this is is what you just said is that he won La Desma was that his first yeah. year? With uh, probably second. Uh, like, I think yeah, so. Probably like I can't remember if it was first or second, but like or, no, it was the Sir second. Al- thing, Sir actually. Alex had a chance to like build the team his way, and Ancelotti's mm-hmm. always walked in and just said, "Let's get the he best." He built out it his way guys. three times, but yeah. yeah, he walked in and took a team that Mourinho couldn't win with, like a a star-studded team that Mourinho couldn't win with, and just went and won it. I'm pretty sure that first year. I think yeah, it was first I'm looking. I'm looking at right, it up right he, now. He joined in the summer 2013. He joined in the summer of 2013. They won in 2014. So he walked so, in and said, we're winning this. And I, won I, I, think, I think he's the guy, but uh, I, I think Sir Alex certainly has a case. I'm not going to vote for Ancelotti, but if you both as a vote manager for him, overall, that is a majority. I'm just going to let you know right now. You're, I'm, you're not, I'm, I'm not saying it personally, for, but I'm not ever going to vote against Ferguson. So if you if you both... Okay, I think Sir Alex Ferguson is the better manager overall, but when you talk put, about the Champions your, League, it's Ancelotti. Yeah, but put, I'm, your hand, put your hand I'm not. I'm Ancelotti. not voting for okay. him. Let the record be shown. But it is a two-thirds yeah. majority, so he does win. So <laughs> that's that's all I will say. I will never, ever vote against Ferguson in a managerial debate. So Okay. All right. So our team... I just I just went into the Excel file that we're that we're looking at for this, and I wrote under manager, manager. So that's where <laughs> this we're. This is at. how you can tell you've been going yeah, for two agreed. hours. So this needs to end now before the ends up never getting. So made. our our team is starting Cristiano Ronaldo on the left wing. Hand hand. Left wing is Cristiano Ronaldo. Striker is who? Jake Lewandowski. Who is our right winger? Who is our number eight, technically, on the left-hand side? Who is our number yes. ten, straight down the middle, technically, like, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to call him. The other, the other, the other number eight. The other it's number Zizu. eight. Who's the other midfielder? Who it's is our Zizu. number six, kind of? All righty. Who is our left fullback? Who is Maldini. our... Yeah, who is our, who is our all-time starting right back? There you go. Daniels. All right. Center backs in any particular order. It doesn't really matter. Sergio Ramos. Carlos. And then Julio. our goalkeeper. About to start a war. Iker Lots Casillas. of Spain in there, but that's fair. 
which which one of these guys is wearing the armband? Oh man, there's only one answer. Which one is Maldini? Maldini for me. That's Maldini for me. It's Ikercasius. I was gonna go Zabi. Xavi is not Captain Material. It's 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 Silent All right, well, find out next time on Dragon Ball Z who wears pushers. the captain's armband. <laughs> uh, it's I'm not going to let that one go. Uh, on the bench, starting uh, on, on the bench up front, yep. Kareem Benzema, yep. Thierry Henry. Uh, on the bench for midfield, Kaká, Sergi Busquets. In defense, Nesta, Marcelo. And at goalkeeper, I can't believe we let Kaylor Navas in there, but that's okay. Ah, I was about to say that. I'm like, for all these dudes, where was your Vanazard take? That was the time to get a United player in here. That's managing the squad, Carlo Ancelotti. Are we winning three in a row? I hope so. Otherwise, we're gonna have to (laughs) better fucking find another. We're gonna have to find a, a Zidane equivalent to to manage three in a row, but that's okay. Well, All right. consensus quick, eleven. What are we doing? Consensus for this eleven. Week? That that's a big one. Really? I'm just proud. I'm I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for figuring out a consensus eleven between the three of us. This is democracy yes. in action. Kaylor oh, Navas Lord. is on the All bench. right. So your question <laughs> of who wins the 2021 Champions League final? What do you got, Parks? Tough one. Um, we so today this is actually being recorded on the eighth of May. Uh, Chelsea beat Manchester City two to one off of a last minute goal from uh, I believe who was it, Jake? Did you watch that game? It was two to one. There was a last minute goal from a Spanish defender. I can't think of his name. Um, I'm pretty sure he. he uh, it was That's not Espelicueta. It was um, the other guy who killed somebody in a car accident, um, drunk driving incident. Oh yeah, fuck, fuck that dude. Yeah, exactly. The, the man. The I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I think Chelsea wins that game personally. Um, so normally I'm a believer. I'll be yes, on record. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> despise Manchester City. However, I think Pep has a bad record of doing weird stuff in finals and semifinals when the pressure is on. And in addition to that, I think Thomas Tuchel has done a very very good job at managing. You know Chelsea since he's come in, I think he has a great record with them. I think he understands how those players play. I think Pulisic is a live wire. I, I watched him today; he looked really good. Um, Werner is still an absolute mess, but I think he's got a, a good formation worked out for those guys. I think he can pull it off. And it's one of those instances where, yeah, it's hard to beat a team twice in a short span of time, but he's got a long time. So it's not like they have to play, you know, this weekend, right? They play in, uh, you know, almost a month's time. So I think there's enough time for, you know, Pep's weird, you know, weird cerebral mind to set in and kind of fuck with him a little bit and, and maybe, like, deploy, you know, Sterling as a right back or whatever. I don't know. Whatever whatever weird tactics he's got set up. So I'm curious to see how that happens. I do pick Chelsea here 1-0. Um, it's going to be a KG-ass final. It's going to be a very KG final. Um, I think it's Kai Havertz who scores the final goal. So... I pick My Man guy. City winning three to one. I think Man City is going to score a girl. 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 Hey, they're going to score oh, a girl. Oh man, man. That's, uh, gonna, we can't watch that. Girl. It's not something you can show on live television. <laughs> so I think City scores early. Chelsea equalized. It goes in the half, all tied, and then City pull away with two goals in the 60th to 80th minute, and they win three okay. one comfortably at the end. 
That's my my prediction was that either City win three to one because Pep just has this figured out, or it's the one to one win. One of you two is right, and that's it. <laughs> Jake hey, refuses yes. to we're give split an on answer. the final decision, folks. If you wanted any sort of any sort I, of consummate, I lean I lean Chelsea, just because I think oh. like defense is yeah. something that travels. I just think they're like they're a more agreed one hundred ten percent, and they've shown that very much since Tuchel has come over. Like I. Yeah, I don't. I don't think City wins. Correct, the and I, I don't understand how managers have not gotten the most out of Conte. Like that dude is unreal. He is just no. literally infinite energy. He is. Yeah. He is unreal. He is infinite energy. He knows. He knows what to do in so many situations. He is such a versatile defender, and he just doesn't like run out of gas. He's also way better at doing just standard midfield stuff that he gets credit for. 110%. Sure, he's a little one-footed at times, and, like, he's not the guy who lobs, like, long balls. He's so good. But, like, he's He's just really good. good At everything. Like, like, his through balls are really solid. He's really good at that. Just so underrated for what he gives you going forward. And he'll be able to do that until the 90th, the, the 110th, the 115th minute. Like, he will not run out of gas, so... He'll play four yes, overtime. Exactly. And be fine. So, my money, well, my money. If you have, if you get Conte, if you get Conte running at one hundred percent, you've got. I think you've got the best chance in the world of beating Man City in a, in a European Cup final. So, I might. This tactically, this is a really correct. Bad yeah, I agree. I think that's a. I think that's a great analysis, sure. Jake. I think. I yep. think Chelsea wins so, this one one nil. I think it's scrappy as shit, and I think there's going to be a lot of like weird fouls, and Pep's going to be pissed at the ref ninety percent of the time. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games. So, so here's your two, uh, what are they called, prop bets. Over, under, 20 tactical fouls. Yeah, uh, probably under because I don't think that's physically possible. <laughs> but I think, That's a pretty high. I think if you did mark. over, under, like 11, I think it 11. Consider, consider every single foul Man City has ever committed under Pep has been tactical. All righty. All righty. Get this man out of here. Okay. Okay. Likelihood. That a actual striker takes the field. Uh, I mean, if you consider Aguero one, then I think decently high. Does 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 Aguero or Gabriel Jesus even Aguero. get on Aguero the pitch? Aguero, yeah, Aguero he's on. mentioned multiple like, times his yeah. last game for City will be to win the Champions League. So I think I don't think he's going to miss out. Yes, that is that has been his promise. I don't think I don't think he's going to. It's up for debate whether or not that's his it's promise. Up for, it's up for debate shit. if that happens. I think <laughs> sure. I think Aguero has enough stones to demand that and try to fulfill his promise. So, I think he's going to try to make this like a Drogba situation. You, you think you think you think if Chelsea is up one nil and it's the eighty fourth minute, Sergio Aguero gets on yeah. the pitch over whichever Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling. I would I would hope Mahrez, I would hope most Silva. of those people are already in there. But yes, I think I think Aguero gets pulled on for a goal. You know. With it, if if they're if they're down one right. 0 I think I think Sergio Aguero comes on with his pedigree, with his ability to score goals. He's clutch. How how much money would you put on either Jesus or Aguero? Not starting, starting but I would definitely have them coming on later. What would you would you, what what would the odds have to be for you to put probably one twenty? Yeah, you're gonna have to give me. Yeah, more than that. I mean I don't know. All right. I, I, I do think Chelsea went out. I do think Aguero takes the field at some point. That's that's all I'm giving you, Jake. All right. 
We have. I will take any and all yeah, bets. Hit, uh, hit, hit, hit him with the Twitter here. extras. We're we're gonna we're gonna be out there on Twitter if you want to tweet us. I mean, that we have like ten followers apiece, so just just bug you us personally. Us. You know who we are. <laughs> Harsh, brutal. You're underestimating me by a lot. <laughs> we'll Less than a thousand, but still more than that. <laughs> Alright, this is done. We're two and a half hours yeah, of this we're recording. Done. We're done with this. Thank you There'll for be more on Pistons. Parks and distracting us from all of the conversational topics we intended Good. to go. <laughs> After those idiots decided to win last week, we'll be back at some point in the next week or so. Bad evening. <sighs> ole, Bad evening. Ole, ole, ole. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> ole. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.